forever. Dog! We are live. How about that, everybody? Welcome back to the best show here on a Tuesday night in March of 2023. We are doing it to it. And boy, oh boy, do we have a great episode for you tonight. Tonight, my conversation with Kelly Reichert, the director, legendary director, perfect track record, ain't nobody better in the biz than Kelly Reichert. New movie coming out. Kelly's new movie comes out. Uh, it's called Showing Up, and it comes out early April. I'll tell you all about that and so much more when I talk to Kelly Reichert. And then, oh my, if that would be enough show for you, that'd be enough show. If that was all the show there was, that would be enough, and you'd accept it, and you'd be happy, and you'd tell everybody, oh, you wouldn't believe the show that I got to check out but no there's also the gary the squirrel talk show gary is back he's got guests he's been talking about this for months now it's exciting return to gary the squirrel and and gary's talk show so get ready for that that's coming up in uh later in the program full show tonight how about that right it's gonna be a good one and i tell you right now We're just getting started. Best show's just getting started. I hear these other shows and they show up. But why am I doing this now? Play the theme. Best show. Best show. Best show. Keep on laughing with the radio on Tuesday night. On Tuesday night. How's it going, my friends? Welcome back to the best show here on a Tuesday night, giving you everything you ask for from a show. Where would I leave off? That's right. These other podcasts. I was listening to this show. No joke. And this is like a satellite radio show. This is like a podcast that broke through and these people are getting... I could have barfed with the stuff they were talking. Two comedians, as lazy as the day is long, talking all about this dirty thing and that dirty thing. It's fine. You want to talk about dirty stuff. You talk about dirty stuff all the live long day. Plan something that makes it interesting, though. I just got it. Am I running? What am I running? A romper room here? No, you could. You can talk like an adult. Right? This ain't the straight story. What David Lynch movie would this show most be like? What would this most be like? 
not a racer head. I think we might be more like uh, got a little blue velvet, right? A pinch of blue velvet, a tiny wild at heart. Really? Okay. Look, we're just doing it. We don't need to be the David Lynch. David Lynch, figure out which episode of the best show David Lynch is most like. That's more like it. We just heard Grateful Dead, Morning Dew. Uh, sending that out. Um, yes. And... Yeah, it's the best show. Kelly Reichert coming up in a little bit. Her movie is called Showing Up. And I saw the new movie. It's great. And it comes out on, does it come out on April? April. I think it comes out on like April 7th around there. Like April 7th, maybe one of those evening of April 6th. You get to get in there and check it out. But April 7th is the release date in New York and Los Angeles. It's great. It's very funny. And um, it's just sweet as can be. It's another Kelly Reichert, another amazing Kelly Reichert movie. Think about this. Talk about a hot streak. River of Grass, Old Joy, Wendy and Lucy, Meeks Cutoff, Night Moves, Certain women, first cow, showing up. Am I missing one? Am I missing one? Did I name all the movies? They're all great. That's the thing. Certain women. Did I say certain women? You did. I did. I think I got them all. Like Pokemon. I think I caught them all. I got to get into this Pokemon thing. Everybody loves Pokemon. And they're trying to catch these things. Is it too late for me to get on board? Have they all been caught? Anyone? Andrew? There might there might still be some. There might still they, be some. I'm gonna, I'm gonna that's kind of the whole you know, they'd be in trouble. I feel like they're you know <laughs> I appreciate you looking out for the brand. Yeah, the brand. I think the brand is solid. The brand supply, is the I, supply chain problems we've had. Sure. Over the last few years, did not affect Pokemon. So you're saying that out in the in the ocean, out there could be like a tanker filled with uh, 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 squirtles and Snorlaxes, probably just because of shipping issues. Yeah, yeah, they've been stockpiling. So I'm not going to worry about no Pokemon's no more. I might get on board. You might see me running all around Los Angeles, heading into like a car wash, thinking I saw one in there. However, that works. We'll see. We'll see if that's where we end up. Kelly Reichert, great movie, great conversation coming up in a little bit. Then Gary the Squirrel talk show, guests, co-hosts, comedy, everything. It's a full show tonight, and you're going to love it. A um, couple pieces of business to take care of at the head of the show because we don't always get to take care of things in the manner with which I would like to take care of them. First thing. We've been selling Best Show equipment. We got a phone system. It's the only piece left for sale. The Telos phone system. You can see it over on my Instagram, which is Sharpling. Check it out. 
I know it ain't for everybody. We just don't need it right now. We're we're more mobile. We're doing Frippertronics now. We're mobile and sleek here, rolling in. We don't need a mounted phone system right now, but somebody who runs a studio does. You hit me up, I'll give you the deal of your bleeping life for this Telos system. You hit me up. You're going to get the deal of your life. And it was on Besh. It's Besh who used it. Every call went through this thing. Just for that alone, I should somebody should write me a check for 80 grand. That thing. So that's available. Check it out. There's a post on uh, Instagram with all that. It's all well and good. But you're saying to yourself, Tom, I listen to the best show every week. What the F is going on with the bu-? first one? I'm like, hey, wh- watch the language. You got you to gotta have a toilet mouth to talk to me? And you're like, Tom, seriously, what the F is going on? I'm like, whoa, whoa, I can't talk to you with this filth mouth. No filth mouth. Fine. Tom, what the heck is going on with the Best Show Patreon? Thank you for adjusting your language. I appreciate it. Well, here's what's going on with the Best Show Patreon. Every Sunday... We are putting out at least one episode of bonus Best Show content. At least one. Here's how it works. Patreon.com slash The Best Show. That's where you go get this stuff. That's where we are. It's very simple. At the $5 tier, you get all the audio. The $10 tier, all the audio plus all the video that we do. For example, this past Sunday, we put up a new episode of The Four Horsemen, which is the show I do. It's me, Pat, Jason, and Mike, The Four Horsemen United. We did a great episode of that, went up this past Sunday. And the first episode of Make Mike Marvel. What is that? Well, it's the show in which AP Mike, our beloved AP Mike, and Brett Davis, our beloved Brett Davis. Well, not our. We don't have a claim on Brett Davis. He's like a free agent moving around the cosmos. And, um, yes, look at this. There it is. The opening credits for Make Mike Marvel. It's Mike woven into all of the Marvel. God help us all. It's Mike and Brett Davis watching every Marvel movie, starting with Iron Man. The first one went up. So that's on the Patreon right now. Here's the schedule for what's coming up for the month of April. Get ready for this. April 2nd. Ahoy, number one. The debut episode of the long-awaited filet of fish review podcast ahoy number one goes up this sunday goes live you can get that april 9th rubenesque the next episode of the rick rubin catalog encompassing review program Covering the years 1992 and 1993. And I'm just going to say this about it. Yikes. 
going to say there's a lot of stuff in there. We're doing the listening for you on that one. It's a lot of fun to hear the show, though. April 16th, Sunday, April 16th, the follow-up episode to S&WQ&A. That's Sharpling and Worcester, question and answer. The second episode goes up on April 16th, April 23rd, new Four Horsemen, April 30th. Ahoy number two, in which me and my co-host, Harry Walliner, we try the Arby's Fish Deluxe for that episode. The first one is the classic filet of fish. The second one is the Fish Deluxe. And there's going to be Make Mike Marvels every bleeping week also. On, on, on April 9th, 16th, 23rd, and 30th, you get two things every Sunday. April 9th, Rubenesque and Make Mike Marvel. April 16th, SW QA and Make Mike Marvel. February, April 23rd, Four Horsemen and Make Mike Marvel. And the 30th, Ahoy number two and Make Mike Marvel number five. Full video for things. Like, if you're watching right now on Twitch, these are going to be up on the Patreon going forward. Um, we're just going to put the videos going to be stored on Patreon going forward. You know, we're working really hard to get this video looking great and doing a lot with it. And uh, the costs are, um, let's just say that uh, I had to steal the fish sandwiches. If you want, I'm not saying the money's tight. On the show, I had to steal the fish sandwiches for review. And we only had one, and we ate it Aristocat style. So we just want to cover our costs with the video. So the video is going to be on the Patreon, $10 level, and you get everything. Get all the audio, all the video. Patreon.com slash the best show. That's how you support the show. But you can get all the video for free when you watch live on Tuesday nights. That's always free if you watch live. Always free if you watch live. But beyond that, patreon.com slash the best show. Thank you for your support. I love you all more. Lady and the Tramp, I'm so sorry. Not Aristocats. I knew I would get nailed on that one. These Disney people, let me just say, I thought the Muppet people were scary. At least the Muppet people don't have a, a headquarters like these Disney people do. These Disney people, they got a headquarters. It's called Disneyland. Whoa, whoa, uh, mercy on the soul that goes to Disneyland. Got to deal with M M Mike the Mouse or whatever. I don't even follow that stuff. But if you like it, God bless you. Run, run wild. Have a great time. You dance around with a mouse. You dance around with a duck. Right? Look, maybe I'll get into Disney stuff. I just played Grateful Dead, for God's sake. Maybe I'll show up dressed like Doug the Duck, and that'll be a fun thing you'll all love. I'm dressed like Doug the Duck, and we'll dance around. Yeah, it's a good time. 
good time to be had. Um, want to just say one quick thing. Last week, we did the 50 worst movie characters of all time. Everybody was mad at me. If America needed to unite, if you're trying to bring this side with that side together, just ask Tom to put a list together. That's how the that's how it will come together. Um everybody was mad at that list. Yikes. Uh let's see what we got here with the list. How did we do with that list? People were flipping out. We got Where is it? It was the people on Twitter talking about this bleeping thing. 1.3 million views of people. Every one of them was mad. I, however, would like to make an adjustment to the list if we could. Number 16 will no longer be Irving Zisman from Jackass. It will no longer be Irving Zisman from Jackass. Going forward, it will be Pauly from the Rocky movies. That's the adjustment. Now the list is official. It is closed for all time. Go in peace. Also, I'll talk about it more on a future episode, but Perfect match, this VH1 show. Uh, VH1. It's like a VH1 show from 20 years ago. That's why I said that. It's a Netflix show, Perfect Match. This is like the Avengers. It's like the Avengers of stupidity is the best way to describe it. Every dolt and dimwit from all of the Netflix reality shows yeah, united under one roof. You'd never believe it. It really is like, remember, just think back to when you first, the idea of the Avengers, everybody's like, they're going to make a uh, Iron Man movie and a Thor movie and a Captain America movie, and then they're all going to be in a movie together. And everybody's like, what? That's the craziest thing I ever heard. And then it happened, and now we all take it for granted the brain trust, and I do mean brain trust. This is brilliant at Netflix. They put this together. It is every monster and nightmare creature from all of the Netflix reality shows. Too Hot to Handle, Bl Love is Blind, um, The Circle. They're all here together. Can't get enough of it. I love it so much. I've only watched three of them so far. It's maybe the best thing I've ever seen in my life. And maybe is uh, removing maybe from the mix. It's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. I want to tell y'all. I went to a place called the Gentle Barn on uh, the weekend. I went this place. It's a animal rescue farm sanctuary 
and went got um my lady friend Julia we we went as a group and um it was it was me it was Julia it was a few other people um and what an amazing place that was wow it's it's about an hour outside of Los Angeles just all these rescued goats cows sheep pigs just and you get to go there you pet them you you can feed the cat the horses everything just truly moving truly amazing experience one of the uh the parts though that was a little a little uh sad i would say is um they had a pig there and they said oh this is a pig that was uh abandoned by a youtuber so the way they were describing it and i knew the story and i pieced it back together in in me head and um yeah, it was the pig that Logan Paul abandoned. What a douche. This poor pig, the story. And I know he'd be like, I thought, because he, this, this dimwit, Logan Paul, thought he was like passing the pig along to someone who would take care of it. Clearly didn't vet the person correctly. The pig was abandoned in a field when he moved away. Just stupidity cruelty awfulness this poor animal they rescued this pig this pig's in the place still very scared of of people of duh i wonder why wonder why that pig would be scared of people i just want to say first of all that guy can get launched right at the heart of the sun couldn't happen too soon for for my liking. This place was amazing. If you're in this area in Los Angeles, you go to and I, can I, can we put a picture of that that pig? Is that is that up for everybody to see? Okay, people can see. I took a picture of the pig. The pig's name is Pearl. Just adorable. What a uh, cute pig. And also, don't adopt pigs if you're not ready for what a pig. It kept growing. It kept growing. Yeah, that's what they do. They're huge. You think they're going to stay uh, three pounds? No. Well, this pig is a beautiful life. Pearl has a beautiful life of ahead of herself because of the amazing people at Gentle Barn. So I just say, seriously. Animal preserves and rescues and sanctuaries support them. Those people are working very hard to, um, they're working very hard to save animals. And it's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And yeah, so just wanted to say that just got a, an email from a, a, a famous person saying they want the phone system. It's available 
wouldn't you want to outbid a famous person? I'll probably end up dealing it to the famous person. The best show phone system. Um, yeah, no, it was uh that that uh, uh gentle barn experience was really special and um I just can't uh you know it's like they had these goats first of all I get a little scared of goats those sideways eyes it's a little spooky sometimes but you get next to these goats these goats are bumping next to you they're trying to get pet the cows what people are doing to cows, again, double double yikes. Humans, we blew it. I just want to say, I think we blew it. Humans. We effed up. Um, but these horses, I rode a horse one time, and it was very, uh, I'm a little scared of horses. I was scared. I think these animals are going to, want to kick me. I think a horse is going to kick me. I think a kangaroo is going to punch me. I think a goat's going to kick me. Um, I think a cow will trample me. Um, a bir- bird's peck. And they're all there. Nobody pecked me. Nobody bit me. Nobody chomped me. Nobody kicked me. Had the time of my life. And you go as a group. Kangaroos, though, I still think, will punch me. There was no kangaroos there that day. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. So who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. I'm just going to say... What we're going to do now, we are going to go to, we're going to play our amazing Kelly Reichert conversation. Let's do that. Let's play the Kelly Reichert conversation. I talked to her a few days ago. It was amazing. So much fun. She rules. Her new movie is called Showing Up, and it comes out on April 7th, New York and Los Angeles. And here is my conversation with Kelly Reichert. Usually, we get guests on the show. Mm-hmm. It's usually a, a race to the bottom with okay. the guests we get. One's dumber than the next. Well, it's well, usually a mailman of the to the what stars do you got against, or whatever. You got, you got against oh, mailmen. I'm just saying. I mean, yeah. You talk to um, one though. You talk to them all. Uh, but today, yeah, tonight, oof. we have a guest who is smart. 
Set the bar low. <laughs> okay. And then I can do better. Smarter than then, me. Uh, well, I'm not yeah, very it's, smart. Yeah. It's been established, <laughs> yeah, right. Kelly. No, we have Kelly Reichert is here. This is so exciting. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for doing having this. me. So I met you a long time ago. A long time ago. Right? In Bob Lawton's office. Bob Lawton, the 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 show what would you call him? A booking agent? Yes. Yes. Back in the early nineties? Yes. Right? That's yeah. yeah, yeah. We were all on the scene together. Yes. And then you made a movie was River of Grass. Yes. And that was so exciting. Well, first of all, I want to say the new movie's called Showing Up. Right. And it's so great. Thanks. I loved it so oh, much. Thanks. Oh, thanks. Seriously. It was it's just like it's kind of the culmination of a lot of things, I think, for yeah. you. Maybe, yeah. Just uh, a lot of the okay. themes and things, the, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but back then, you made River of Grass was your first right. feature. And then... Then I scored a job in Bob Lawton's office. <laughs> okay. And what were you doing for Bob? You were, um, wait, well, I guess I was in Bob's maybe before River of Grass and after River of Grass. Sure. Okay. Thank um, you. I was um, a very uh, bad uh, um, receptionist of sorts. Uh-huh. I could. I think those phones were really cheap. I could never hear what anybody was saying. So and people I, were calling, saying, "I want to book book uh, Sleater Kinney." Yeah, uh, and uh, I'm from the blah 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 and yeah. blah blah blah. And I, and I, uh, I yeah, I was just not good mm -hmm. at it. Sure, because Bob booked all the cool indie bands. His right. agency, which was. What was it called again? Uh, it went through different stages. It was the Labor Board, and then it was Twin Towers. It was Twin Towers, and then it became Legends of the 21st Century. That was brief, yeah, at yeah, the that end. Was brief. Yeah, I came up with that. Right. Too. You did? Yeah. Wow, okay. So that was well, my, that was a good one. But it, well, it clearly and, yeah. wasn't. Well, didn't, and, and um, mm. Phil Morrison also sure. uh, worked there. Yes, and, Phil, who and, is a great director and, and a great friend. And was very good at the job, mm -hmm. and he... Uh, I think he left it to go work for De Niro, right? But I think he became De Niro's assistant. assistant. Right. But when he was working for Bob, he was still at NYU, and okay. Bob gave him a B. Because he, he, he was doing it for a work study. <laughs> so it was, yeah. So he's, and uh, he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't give wouldn't give him – always <laughs> room to funny. improve. Just always room to improve. Got to stay um, hungry yeah, at some yeah. point. Got to have right. somewhere to go. Right. Someday Bob will give Phil an A – and then it'll be yeah, over. It'll the be journey over. Yeah, will the be journey, Bill yeah. will exhale. Yeah. And, Phew. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so an interesting thing to me, what River of Grass was probably like 93? Three. Three? Okay. Came out in 94, yeah. Yeah. So you made it. And then there's like one of the things I think people with when you make things. Yeah. And everybody, sometimes it's like, oh, where were you for this window? And yeah. a lot of people – don't realize it's like my experience is when I don't have anything, I'm still working just as hard as I ever was. Yeah. Just things aren't breaking in the way that you got to yeah. the finish line with something. Yeah. Right. Because when was Old old Joy? Was 10 years later? Old Joy was in 2005. Okay. So, so. so over a 10-year gap yeah. because – so what is what is it like to – you make your movie, you're ready to start, and then 
the other you, stuff then starts. You go, yeah. Then you go work for Bob Lott. You go yeah, work yeah. and try to, <laughs> because the, the truth of the matter is you make an independent movie and it's just like, yeah. you just got to start f- fighting yeah. to make the next thing. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, that, uh, well, it wasn't the funnest time mm-hmm. I'm going to say. Sure. Um, but I saw a lot of films during that time. I was still seeing a lot of films okay. and I, was just shooting Super 8, went back to shoot. I sort of, at a point, I, uh, uh, you know, at a point I was sort of giving up and, you know, saying, all right, I accept that I am not going to be making features. Um, because it was just hard to get anything it was rolling? Just, yeah, it was really hard. And in those days, it wasn't like it was, um, I came out to L.A. even for a while. Mm-hmm. And tried to get a feature made, which Jodie Foster was producing. And uh, but in those days, it wasn't. People were pretty blunt. Like, well, we don't make women's films. Yeah, we're not doing that. Okay. Okay. So that was. I'm not saying that was the only thing, mm-hmm. but that was a thing. Um, so for one sure. Of the many hurdles that that it are was. Ahead a, of you. It was yes. And and some of the hurdles were my own in that. Like, I didn't really. I wasn't skilled at knowing how to get those things done and work those channels and maneuver things sure. i just you mean to like I play the game play like the that game version? Yeah. i think i had a um a uh, meeting with sam cohen mm-hmm. and um and from uh icm at the time he okay. was like the big guy at icm and i uh i there was this was before google in my defense but mm-hmm. i insisted upon that the actor in my next film would be war notes um and mm-hmm. who was dead you know, so sure. I made my own mistakes, <laughs> sure, so <you're> saying, <laughs> of which there were plenty. I'm not um, making this movie unless yes, I got warned. No, and yeah. that's that. So, um, well, guess what? Yeah, yeah. You're not going to you make, make the movie, movie. <laughs> right? You're, and so, anyway, um, for whatever reasons, but I, uh, I, so I started adjunct teaching in that time. Okay. I was, I don't know if you remember, I was uh, doing the cow chopping for about five plus years in New York during that time. Sure, yeah. So, so and that got. Waiting for people to go on tour so I could stay mm-hmm. at their houses and water um, their plants and feed the cat, whatever mm-hmm. would be. And in mm-hmm. between, kind of uh, showing mm-hmm. up on friends' doors and being like, Hey, mm-hmm. what are you doing? It's nine o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's <laughs> happening with your couch <laughs> yeah. tonight? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. um, and that um, got old for my friends. And, um, and yeah, I came out to uh, LA, try to get it going here that wasn't happening um and then i eventually went back to new york and decided i would teach try teaching and i got a job at sva but i was also at that point working in the mail room at kino that's why i'm a little sensitive about the mail sure you know, no, the mail. Not... i i i was Look, I, 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 I was the the wgbh mail person during uh college and okay. art school and then i I went over to the Kino mm-hmm. mailroom. Okay. And um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, I quite liked the teaching. Mm-hmm. and um, But I I was trying to make uh, some films that were less – I was trying to, you know, maybe I, maybe I could do this um, less narrative thing and mm-hmm. get in – crack this other world. Uh, but I wasn't very – my brain doesn't really work that way. So – it's it's such a hard thing when you start 
and then you realize you're still starting. Like even yeah. you did a thing and it's just like you don't – you realize, yeah. oh, I went through a door and you realize, oh, there's a couple, more doors Yeah, there's more doors. Go. Yeah. Uh, do you yes. feel like you're through a few more doors now at least at this some point? Doors. Yeah, I'm through sure. some doors. I mean now, you know, if someone said tomorrow – I mean there was a while every time I made a film, I'm like, okay, this is our last chance. This is mm-hmm. making everyone like it's the last thing. Yeah. And so uh, – and now if someone says tomorrow, like, there's no more money for you to make films, mm-hmm. uh, I I mean, I'd have to find something else to do as far as, you know, I mean, I teach for a living, so I, mm-hmm. but I'd have to find something else that I was interested in to keep me going. But I wouldn't, I'd feel like, all right, I had my, I, I got to make some films. I, it, it would be okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I hope it doesn't happen, but, you know, I could, I no. could it wouldn't be something that, I would, I would have a big chip on my shoulder if I never had gotten to make any films. Sure, you know, and Be- so um, yeah. Because you also had, as somebody who's a fan of all, everything mm. you've made. Thanks, Tom. Um, you're welcome. Mm. River of Grass is a strange kind of like outlier in a way because you were still f- you I was figuring it out. You were yeah. figuring it out, and you're fu- you the voice right. that people probably associate mm-hmm. with you. I think people, yeah. if people go back and watch River of Grass, they're probably like, oh, that's oh, yeah, a little different yeah, than yeah, what you expect sure. from. So, well, what was that like? To well, I kept working during all. You know, I kept like trying to, you know, learn how to edit and keep kept working during all that time. Uh, that I wasn't making a feature, I was still like shooting. And um and then, you know, in in some ways one could say the films I was trying to get I don't think the film I was trying to get made at the time would have been really that great. I, I do think that uh you know, one thing that happened is I met a writing partner, Jonathan Raymond, mm-hmm. and I think uh finding uh someone who I think that helped my filmmaking a lot, you know, to um, uh, have some have as a base so not to be counting on my own writing completely on my own. Okay. Um, I think that. And so um, and, you know, lessons on River of Grass were, you know, you know it's a battle and uh, on a set and uh, until you find like the DP that's your DP, which. Uh, Christopher Plopfelt is that guy for me now. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you have to really, like f- I used to in that day, have to fight for my shots. And you're up against someone. And I really realized on River Grass, like, oh, my gosh, I don't really know what all the lenses are. And I don't okay. know. So there was a lot to learn mm-hmm. in between the two films, a lot. Sure. And still there's a lot to learn. So, um, I mean – Really, the great filmmakers are people that got to make a lot of films. You know, if you look, you know, like the studio film, the great, you yeah. know, they made a ton of films. They were practicing all the time. And it's very hard to practice it film because it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. But you did something also in that mm-hmm. in that period where you were, I guess, what, in the wilderness. Yes. Against yeah. You made, like you said, you were making more experimental things. You yeah. were making shorter things. I you made, made things. you made uh, Ode, Ode, yes, which was yeah. one of the, yeah, which I Ode. guess is is that kind of uh. like a gray market yeah. movie. I yeah, it's I mean, it was a uh, Ode was uh, taken from Ode to Billy Joe, which was yeah. like a, a song, a movie, and a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of which I had the rights to. So, uh, you so, know, that was just like an mm-hmm. art project that no one was going to see. And it was, yeah. you know, like made shot in Super 8. Mm-hmm. and uh, Starring 
co-starring. Uh, the great Johnny Wooster. That's right. And uh, and uh, Yola Tango and Will Oldham did the score. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. But so those were kind of those things that helped. Because when you did Old Joy, suddenly it's just like there was such a confidence in the voice and in the pacing. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, you're making people go toward you're making people yeah. go to you, which is right. one of my favorite things about yeah. the tone you've established right. ever since. It's like people, you're not walking it all the way to them and saying like, here, watch this. It's kind of like a shared thing. It's like, yeah. I'll take a step toward you, but you need to take a step toward this yes. rhythm and this right. level of volume in the movies and on the pacing. Just It's just mm-hmm. like the I ad- oh, have always admired the leap in confidence that you took after that and have maintained? Well, I didn't know if old joy was like, everyone sort of said they'd give me two weeks. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I didn't know if it would be a short film or at that point I'd already given up on the feature thing. Yeah. And so I was just, this was going to be like another art project and go out for shoot two weeks with these people. Um, my real goal with old joy, honestly, was I wanted a better teaching job. And I thought I really wanted to teach at Bard because mm-hmm. I had been on a, a film jury with Peggy Awish and Ed Halter. And I just thought, wow, these people are not cynics. They're like really in, interesting and mm-hmm. into film and into teaching like this. Where I want to be where they are. So I, uh, I mean, what a weird plan, but it actually worked. Like when Old Joy came out, mm-hmm. Bart offered me a job, and I had been sort of uh, stalking Peter Hutton for a job before that. Mm-hmm. But um, so, but it ended up being a feature, and it ended up going to Sundance. And uh, but I had made all those films with the feeling of like, well, I'm just going to have this one more chance to make a film, so I'll make it mm-hmm. what I want it. Sure. So it's every time it's yeah. All the chips are in right. on each one, which is the way to do it. Even if you know you yeah. can make more, yeah. it's sure. nice to have a little bit of a fear of. For sure, you got to deliver. You can't just be like, "Well, we'll half-ass this one because we're going to get to do it's three more." It's so much more. work. It's impossible to uh, not like go for what you want. Like you, yeah. living with your own mistakes is mm-hmm. really hard, but living with someone else's mistake would be harder. No, that would yeah. haunt you yeah. forever. Um, how do you describe or how do people receive the pacing of your movies? Like what, what has been your experience with that? Um, because for people who might be unfamiliar, you definitely, you take your time with things. There's not there. You're not just like, it's kind of like you, you need to just like, but this is the speed the world is at the, 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 what we consider the slow cinema of today, mm-hmm. we're talking about 20 seconds before a cut, 30 that- seconds before a cut. I mean, I mean, I watch stuff, to, like sometimes you watch things and you're just trying to get a sense of an actor and, and you're not allowed because the camera won't ever rest mm-hmm. on them. And it's just like, um, and I think that's a, a I think that's because of consumerism, because of advertising. Yeah. Uh, you know, they want, people want to get as many images in front of you as possible. Mm-hmm. And film, a lot of films have taken on that speed because that becomes the appetite 
sure, it's like the post commercial music video rhythms of things are just like everything is just like making sure you're you're almost yeah. ac- accommodating yeah. the the least attentive members of the audience and right. not respecting the people who are ready to go somewhere with something. Right. Like, uh, well, it's funny. Last night at a screening, this young man came up to me and he said, uh, uh, he was explaining to me that he's been diagnosed with ADHD, mm-hmm. but that he explained to his therapist that that had to be wrong because he was a fan of slow cinema. And um, mm-hmm. and he said, you know, I, you know, he explained the films that he likes, and uh, and then he said he realized he's thought a lot about it, but it's because uh, with the slower pace cinema, he uh, has to interact with it and he has to think and come up with things. It's not like he's just constantly being handed things, and so it slows his um, brain down. I thought, mm-hmm. wow, that's like the best thing I ever heard about slow cinema. That's, that's amazing. Good. Yeah. 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 You're providing a like yeah. A, I'm helping people, Tom. Sure. This is really I'm. I'm, like, I'm this, <laughs> your movies are like pacemakers for these this, people. <laughs> this is important work <laughs> no, I'm doing. <laughs> but uh, I will say, when you watch so much stuff, and then you watch because mm. I just rewatched pretty much everything wow, over the last thanks. couple of weeks. Um, it just like initially, it is just like there's always that like that first adjustment to where it's just like no i need to just exhale and kind of ride the ride and realize it's just like my attention has been requested to Mm -hmm. watch this movie (laughs) which is actually not asking much for people can you please pay attention to the movie you're watching yeah um (laughs) so with the new movie Right now, up. people are just deciding not to go. They're like, "This, this oof, is snoozy." This is yeah. why you're not. Yeah, this is why you're not in the marketing department. Right, that's this right. Is why you direct yeah, right. These things. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just sort of, I'm gonna say uh-huh. I saw it. It's great and it's really funny. I think it might be the funniest. Yeah. Um, of your movies, yeah. I think of of all of them. I think it's the funniest mm-hmm. one, and it. Mm-hmm. It deals with uh, uh, something that you don't see a lot, which is the actual reality of how art and being an artist fits into an actual real life. Right. And the demands and the the everything that it takes to continue to make art right. while the real world, while existing in the real world without being, because most stories about artists are, it's like, Van Gogh is yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. like you know was it lust for life or was, right, these things right. are just like, but the reality is ninety nine point nine percent of the people making art right. have other jobs Job. and and they have the they have such to go as myself yeah exactly <laughs> like such as yeah. me too yeah right it just everybody mm. and it's such a it was such a of a, a really impressive thing to see you capturing what that just the grind feels like of that yeah. but then there's the moments where you're just like oh well, this yeah. is this is why i'm in yeah, it yeah this is why you're doing it yeah. yeah um and some people i think just have uh you know it's how you can make your life work cuz you have this compulsion and it like you uh it helps everything else in life make sense the actual just making of something regardless if you know you have a built-in audience or not and but you just uh it's nourishing uh to have a sort of 
practice of mm-hmm. getting to whether whatever it is uh, the table or the studio or whatever it is and mm-hmm. um and uh yeah getting your hands in the clay tom yeah sure but, yeah, um no. yeah so that's uh that's kind of what we wanted to um yeah mm-hmm. that was are are things kind of when you approach something like this or or in, I'm just curious in general there's a way to be like do you think of like a time or a place or a situation like outside in and figure out who the characters that would live in that world yeah. are or do you think of a character and what like do you go inside out or outside how just I like I think just figuring out who the characters are mm-hmm. is the first thing and how they relate to each other like the family structure Sure um but we were uh, – this school we shot at, the Oregon College of Arts and Crafts, was mm-hmm. an important place in the Pacific Northwest. And like a lot of art schools, it's closed. And um, so we got to – I mean, we got to shoot there because it was COVID basically. But we wanted – this was – it's a beautiful, unique campus and place that's you know going to be renovated or whatever. So we wanted to – really wanted to shoot there. Mm-hmm. And um, have that be um, the school worked into the story of mm-hmm. um, uh, these two artists. And we even sort of started out kind of with uh, Michelle's character, Lizzie. We we knew what art we wanted it to be and we're kind of starting there, like figuring out who the characters were, sort of okay. working back with the art. Mm-hmm. Um and that's the artist Cynthia Latte. And uh, so there was like figuring out how, uh, like I was saying to both the actors when they were spending time with the the makers so they could learn how to do the art. Mm-hmm. Like these aren't, you're not looking at these people, these artists, like that's not who these characters are. John and I had this other idea, which was a, a kind of a big salad of people we knew and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and um but spending time with them, there's no way the art's so personal. There's no way. I'm sure they're not like sponging up things about the sure. actual artist. So Yeah. And it just it feels like tonally you've got this thing where you're you're having fun, but it's not it's not just like you're not drilling these the community of artists, but you know what's funny about yes. that world and kind of handing yes. yourself over that this is my life. Yes. And this is where I live and there's yeah. Kind of no getting out. Yes. Once you've and there's made no yeah. And and um I you know, it was like a place for me too where finally teaching and you know, I've been at Bard for almost twenty years now, could come together with filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And so even like my colleague from Bard, Ben Coonley, came and built the dome with the projections on it. That's and so he worked with Tony Gasparo and the art team. Mm-hmm. And that so that was cool just having those worlds come together. Yeah. And and the school was empty when we started, and so we kind of had to figure out what would be in every room and get all these young artists in Portland to came out. Everyone had time because it was COVID, mm-hmm. and just started making stuff in all the rooms, and we brought in the loom. So everyone was making stuff, and then these young actors are just hanging around. So they just start getting their hands in the clay and the mm-hmm. dye. and the, So it became this functional place of um, stuff being made while we were shooting, which was just awesome you know it's really great so it's yeah. taking on a life of its own it's actually absolutely it's did. organically yeah. becoming an art it was a yeah world of and art. it was um that was fun that was great oh yeah. that's amazing yeah. and that's it it is like a very because sometimes when you're in this world and you're trying to get things going and 
it's like you could get knocked over by like a feather yeah. when you're at your low point yeah. with the stuff. So anytime there can be any kind of like community or yeah. comfort that comes from kind of putting yourself out there, taking right. the risk, saying I'm going to use my life mm. is dedicated to making things. Yes, right. And it's just like anytime you can find those those people or those places. Right. It makes all the difference. Completely. It's just yeah. like I mean, I've been, I've been out here for a couple of years now, and I just try to find like pockets of, because it's so easy to feel bad about yourself in this line of work. It's the easiest thing in the world to feel like right. you're what you aren't versus what, what you dream. are. Yeah, I you know I think um, teaching kind of keep like the way the. Again, getting back to the years where I couldn't do mm -hmm. stuff, uh, you know, it was like we made a film. We made Ode with, you know, two crew people and two actors. And then we made Old Joy with six people, mm -hmm. um, like including crew and actors. Wow. And then we made uh, Wendy and Lucy with 13 people. Mm -hmm. So it's really uh, grown up. And I've been teaching that whole time, which takes the weight off having to make a living off the films. And so it also keeps like my bubble of the film world is so like the community of people I make films with mm -hmm. and then I'm teaching. Sure. <laughs> and so I don't um, I haven't though during those 10 years of trying to get into something that already existed. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what you feel like there was a lot of feeling bad and excluded. But then uh now, um, yeah, now I just feel out of it. Like I just don't know what goes on because I, you know, well, you're I'm in these little, I'm, well, or just that I'm in these, I'm in these little communities mm -hmm. and um, it's not that I'm bulletproof or anything. Like I could put out a film and people wouldn't like it and that would um, be bad. But I'm in some communities where uh, uh, it doesn't put, um, Yes, I have to get money for the next film, but I don't uh, have to. There was a what I think makes you feel bad is if your life gets put in a way. And this film is so expensive to make, even the smallest film, where you're at the mercy of someone else to open mm -hmm. a door for you. Like that is um, like the people in the film can not to romanticize not having a people to show your work to when I, but you a bag of clay is you mm -hmm. can figure it out like you can um uh though the artist when when I approached her about you know the film she was packing up her studio and being like yeah it's not worth it no one wants to see these things and now she's on fire making stuff like crazy you know um and that's the that's like the, the exciting part and yeah, also the, the frustrating totally it's because you don't get to say when you or how. Or maybe or if. if. Yeah. Absolutely. It's yeah. just like, it just is that. It, it truly is a leap yeah. you take when you say you're going to make these things. Yes. But, you know, I my dear colleague, Peter Hutton, uh, rest in peace, he filmmaker that I loved and a colleague at Bard, you know, like students would come in with all these kind of issues of whatever, grades or whatever it was and he would just always say like you know who gives a shit like what did you what did you shoot today you know what did you shoot and i mm -hmm. and i think that's like what the film is trying to say like 
the important, like in the 10 years, I couldn't make anything. I still made stuff. Like you got to keep working in case the door opens or just for your own, how you're going to spend a day and what you're going to, just for other reasons, like you um, uh, got to get down and just do the work at some point. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it is the kind of thing I've found being somebody who in a lot of ways has been kind of outside the circle or system, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. Like yeah. I get TV jobs and yeah. things like that. Those are ultimately jobs. It's yeah. not, that's not what I'm living for in yeah. the scheme of things. Yeah. But the things I care about mm -hmm. doing this mm -hmm. show, doing other things that are much more personal. I, I feel like being outside the circle has been so such a gift totally because i'm it's like you're just not scared of anything yeah it's like, a complete gift yeah it's like you figure out how little it takes to yeah. do a thing yeah and that's then you do that's it. it exactly no trying to get on the inside is a um a mistake it's a huge mistake it's a huge mistake i get yeah. these teaching jobs you've got yes they hiring at bard for Somebody would, no. Maybe you just got to, you know, get your name in the hat, Tom. Sure. Um, no, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the so conversation. Your name from a yeah. hat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Maybe you've read a little book, The Road Less Traveled. <laughs> okay. Yes. I should. Let me write that down. The Road yeah, Less sure. Traveled. Okay. Um, be sure to 1972. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when you decided mm -hmm. to make something where people like, mm -hmm. you're knocking on the door, here's a script. Because you had a script, I remember, it was yeah. the you, Royal Court. Yeah. Right? Wow. You are good. Wow. I, mean, I read a few drafts of that. Oh, you over did? Time. Oh, yes. my God. That's so embarrassing. But it was, it was, okay. no, it was yeah. not embarrassing. It was great. Yeah. But it was, it was. It was meant to level up scope wise in terms of like from River of Grass in terms of like it was it was a bigger endeavor. You were well, trying to it was, get um, it as far as it's funny because it was kind of a personal film because it was all my dad's like crime scene story. Sure. But it had I guess it would have had a bigger cast. It would have needed more than $30,000, which I think was the budget for sure. River of Grass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's yeah. what I mean. You were yeah. definitely saying like what if we made a a little million and a half movie or million oh God, or whatever a million, i'm just saying no, for an apartment well, well when you start getting jody foster involved these other I know, people but, but listen look the at the people just, i've had involved i don't get big i mean my budgets are now they are but i'm saying now i'm saying at that point you're trying to play the game potentially and now you're just on, you're ever, playing your own game yeah but i don't think i ever thought anyone was going to give me a million dollars well, we have a surprise for it. Bring it in. Bring yeah, come in. on. <laughs> Bring in a, that big check. a sack of money. We're going to pour it. Make a da, bad da, da, movie da, da. now. No, um, <laughs> but it's just there is that point. I've found the best thing that could have happened to me is. I really wanted to get out of Bob Lawton's office. See, I was really so trying. badly yeah. to get out of there. Jim Romeo was becoming my boss. Jim Romeo was your boss. That's, you know. Right. No, but it's just. Um, it just was such a gift to not be scared of stuff. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a, yeah. it's like you're, yeah. you're like empowered through your powerlessness. You totally. are more pow empowered yeah. than the people who are like on the teat of somebody right. else's money. Yes. Oh, we can't do it without yeah. 60 people on the crew. We can't do it without this. It's just right. like. You start yeah. to realize, and like yeah. the times I've dipped my toes into directing things, it's just like, 
it's like you do it and you do because you you better want to do it you better yeah because there's yeah. not there's not a whole lot else there for you unless it's your it's own a, satisfaction and yes where are we at time wise Brett okay we'll do another five and we'll let you catch up on your schedule because you're a little oh I'm a little behind yeah okay um the music is such a uh part of your life obviously yes. music has always been a yes, mine too yes. in your movies you use it so strategically and yeah. so like so much yeah. of stuff is just diegetic yeah. right diegetic yes. again i'm learning here <laughs> <laughs> and diegetic means it's like yeah. if somebody's walking by a radio yeah. you hear yeah. music come out right. of a radio you don't right. hear just a score right um but you you utilize that uh so so strategically right. with that but like a movie like first cow it seems like you em- like embrace like a score like william tyler yeah kind of that was a little more full on i thought right. music yeah. like the music is more of a presence throughout that yeah. is that fair to yeah. say yeah yeah sure yeah sure and how does that is that just a, is that just a matter of you feeling what it needs in the process yeah. you edit your own movies too right. which is another yeah, um, he William Tyler came in the. Uh, I mean, because some of the films like when don't really have, unless you're in a grocery store. Like if mm-hmm. there's no, not too much music to speak of, except for in the credits or something. But um, uh, yeah, William Tyler came into the editing room and play. I had been trying different things, a lot of different things, even you know, um, like music of the era, which didn't mm-hmm. work out at all and then i probably like a million people had the uh hired hand soundtrack at uh-huh. uh you know whichever but anyway mm-hmm. he came in with his dulcimer and uh, mm-hmm. guitar and plucked around in the editing room and then went and did stuff but yeah it was a process and it was good but it really happened later in the editing on that one yeah and i guess that's usually how it goes okay. uh well you feel how much it how much is going to make this right work? Now, yeah because i've had uh well, in Meeks, I worked with, um, I can't remember the guy who scored it. I'm basing on his name. Jeff Grace. Jeff okay. Grace. Okay. Wow. He he um, did a great score, I thought, for uh, me. It was, you know, it's weird sounds. We were mostly working with like wind instruments and uh, sounds. Like that was kind of like, don't think of score, think of sounds for uh, Meeks and Night Moves. And then... Certain women he did a score, and I only used like one little bit of score in that movie. And I, it came in and went out, and came in and went out. And uh, depending on the day I had to get out of the editing room, it could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. It's like it works this way with it, works this way without it. One of them. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a weird. Uh, I like to deal with all the other sounds and then um, see how music works but this in showing up i really felt like i needed something to something some sort of like technology to counter all the um tactile stuff that's Mm -hmm. in the movie and so uh our uh ethan rose you know he came into the edit room with his computer and that's how that music gets made and Mm -hmm. so um yeah you mentioned certain women. I just watched certain women last night, and that 
the Lily Gladstone stuff is yeah. maybe the most like I just yeah. started bawling my yeah. eyes out. Lily, that's one of the most oh, that's, that's one of the most amazing performances she's great I've ever seen in anything, let alone for yeah. somebody as relatively new yeah. to the game as right. as Lily was at that point. It must yeah. be so exciting to see like now she's in this Scorsese, Scorsese. movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow, that's yeah, and she came in. Did a part in First Cow and she had to learn, all, uh, you know, a Cayuse language, like a, um, sorry, a Chinook uh, language. And she, uh, I think she's the one, I've learned since, since someone who actually speaks the language heard it. And I said, how'd we do? And he's like, Lily got it. Lily was good. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, really fantastic. Which is funny because the first days we shot with Lily, we started outside with the wide shots in the um, on the ranch, mm-hmm. and uh, she had been working with the uh, rancher for so long. She was really, um, and I had stripped everything down because I didn't want the horses to be scared of the crew. So it was just like four people, and no one doing her makeup or no props. She was managing her own props and everything, and so she uh, just kept like we'd shoot the part she's supposed to. Shoot. She'd walk out of frame to go get a bucket. For mm-hmm. the whole, like, oh, this isn't supposed to be over there. And yeah. I'd be like, yeah, I don't care, Lily, because mm-hmm. um, I'm making a movie right now, yeah, and yeah. um, yeah, we're this is what we're doing now, yeah, making a movie. Kinda, yeah. And then she, uh, but it, and uh, it was really, uh, it came to this. There was this moment where she was like, you know, Kelly, I, I know you're the day. Like once you feed the horses, that's it. Like you're done. You mm-hmm. you can't refeed them. So if that doesn't work out, that's that's over mm-hmm. for the day. And we had a limited amount of time. I I know you're really frustrated with Kelly, but, you know, I talked to my grandmother about this, and she said the only thing that matters is you're all together and you're the sunset and the, this. And Listen, Lily. Uh, no, stop talking to your grandmother. Listen yeah. to me. You're like, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Movie. Listen, I don't yeah. care if you shit about the sun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all this, uh, uh, you know, um, mm. this is what I need. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to yeah. get this. And then... Um, I realized, like, I'd put her in this position where, you know, it's like keeping everyone away to sort of make it so real. What I needed to do was, like, get the prop person back in, get the costume person, get the makeup in, and make her feel like she's in a movie. Mm-hmm. And that, like, was the corrective. But it's, it was a couple days till I, I was shooting in a small space where there was really getting close to her. And I realized, like, wow, you could put a camera, like, two inches from her face, and she there's no – she can just be – truly herself there's no like perform i mean i didn't it took me a few before and i was like like, oh my god this person's uh i'm into something really lucky and wonderful here and um she's and so yeah she's great and so that was a uh and and you know that was yeah that was luck of the i mean not even luck she really sought us out and she really did a couple readings she was great and her readings really stood out Mm -hmm. um Yes, yeah, so I'm really happy for. Well, we're gonna wrap it. I mean, I just want to say one thing. First of all, the movie's showing up. It's it's so great. I was so blown away by it. Congratulations thanks, on Jeez, another thanks. another winning streak. This winning streak, you're like, <laughs> we're you're just like, winning. You, I'm just winning. Ten and winning. zero now. Nine and zero. <laughs> ten and zero. I don't know. The only thing I have to say about the movie: somebody driving in a car, listening to the radio. I do that. But in this movie, who do we hear coming through the thing? Todd O'Phonic Todd. Todd. That's right. It's the only 
yeah. red mark I'm giving on that on your movie. A red mark. Oh. Negative. Oh, because it took you out of Portland? It could have been me. Oh. That's all I'm uh, saying. Oh, God. Todd. Todd has Todd, enough. How Todd, much does Todd need? Right. 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 I'm going to get my big, I need oh, my I break. I, I need see. my oh, Lily Gladstone moment. Okay, gosh, wow. I, no, I'm yeah. happy for Todd. He deserves yeah, yeah. everything yeah. he gets <laughs> from it. Nothing but the Listen, best he's living in Jersey. Mm-hmm. You're out here in La La Land. Um, Give the guy a break. Sure, exactly. You're. To be fair, mm. yes, Todd, I... Kudos. I'll see you at the Oscars, Todd, for <laughs> best supporting actor. I guess he'd yeah, be, up, yeah. be the shortest. He's, a, he's in the union now. <laughs> he, he says, did he have to join? No, I don't I know, actually. No, I hope. Um, uh, no, um, I, Todd, to you know dues. I'm just teasing. Uh, he has to pay dues from now on. Yes. Um, but seriously, geez, this is thanks. so great. I'm so happy you have your show. Yeah, I appreciate you coming and doing this. And Love it. When's the movie? Tell people. Oh, April 7th, it comes out in New York and uh, Los Angeles. Yes. And then I think on the 14th, it does the some more city, Chicago, Boston, mm-hmm. uh, um, and yeah, and so on. Well, it's great. People should definitely make a point of seeing showing up in a theater. And Kelly Riker, thank you for Thanks. doing this. It was so much fun. Okay. Goodness gracious, how was that? That was fun. Kelly Reichert, my hero. It's important to have heroes in this life, and Kelly Reichert's one of my heroes. Here are my heroes. Santa Claus. Kelly Reichert. Uh, Rodney. Dangerfield. Roddy Rossetti. So many heroes out there. Um, yeah, showing up is great. It's in theaters on the uh, the seventh of of April, the seventh of April, and you could check it out then and uh, have a great time seeing it in the theater. Support cool movies and art that needs support. Just don't take it for granted, because that's the first stuff to go away. I am going to go back to the future. Check out Back to the Future in theaters. No. That's kind of my movie. Back to the Future. It's not the usual thing. It's kind of weird because it plays with the timeline. And No. Enough with Back to the Future. People got to pull it together with that stuff. Calm down. Now let's go. We got uh we're gonna go to those hot phones now and then we'll we'll take some calls, then we'll go check out then Gary the Squirrel. Gary Squirrel talk show. Let's go to those hot phones right now. Hello, best show. Hey Tom, what's up? 
This is Timmy Manning calling from the big city. Welcome to the show. Timmy, you said? Yes. Timmy, Timmy, welcome to the show. Good to be here. Hey, I missed a lot of that interview with Kelly Reichert, so I missed what her answer was when you asked her if she is related to Pete Reichert, bassist from Rocket from the Crypt. What did she say? Uh, that was not one of the questions I asked, Timmy. Oh. Sorry. Okay, okay. Um, hey, I got a question for you. Yeah? What's the thickest book you've ever looked through? That is an amazing question. The thickest book I've ever looked through, huh? Maybe like some kind of like art book, like a coffee table book of like. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. You know, something like that. Probably would have to be some sort of coffee table book of just like photography or I I know I've looked at books like of just the photography of American history, for example. It's probably some something like that, Timmy. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Mine's probably like one of those one of those giant dictionaries you see in one of the big libraries in a city or something, or maybe I don't know, maybe like a you know how like there'll be big atlases at a rest stop on a big highway. Maybe something like that. Okay. So that's those are the big books you've looked at? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, off the top of my head, sure. Sure. Um yeah, I guess I guess we have different different big big books for us. Um, yeah. Now, wh- Timmy, what did you say? You said your name was Timmy Manning. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, well, I guess it's a, a good thing we do the yeah you know, we do the best show on Tuesday, which I guess is good for you because otherwise you'd be out there uh, quarterback in the big game, huh? Manning. Oh, oh, you get it? No, no, no. Yeah, no. No, that's my that's my older brothers. What's that? That's my older brothers. Who's your older brothers? Yeah, my dad. My dad is Archie Manning, and my brothers are Peyton, Cooper, and Eli. Wait, those. Hold on, I gotta. Those are your, the man, man, like Eli, the Eli Manning, the. Yeah. I'm looking at Wiki. Uh, I'm on, yeah, I'm on Wiki right now. And um, Timmy Manning is not listed as being a member of the Manning family. Yeah, he sure isn't, isn't he? No, it's not. Well, um, well you know, that's just <laughs> That's how it goes down here. You know, uh, God forbid you don't want to throw a dumb football around for the even part of your life, let alone the rest of your life. Uh huh. You want to do more important things like that than that. I don't know. Because you're. So that's why you're not listed in this? Oh, yeah. It's a whole thing. Look, I, I have much more varied interests than those walking grunts, okay? 
Okay. What What do you mean? You're like, because you're it's a football well, family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, those guys could never understand me or why I need to break the chains of what I call jockdom and fly to worlds that they could never even conceive of. So they, so so you you you're you're on your own kind of path trajectory or path, however you want to. Yes. Look, Tom, I'm a creative. Okay, I'm I'm an intellectual. I, <laughs> I I don't rely on my brawn or my throwing ability to make a meaningful contribution to this this planet. And <laughs> you know, if I may toot my my own horn for a second, what I've created is is way more important and and will be spoken of for centuries longer than what those Cro-Mags did with a dumb uh, pig skin or whatever you want to call it. And what, what would that be then for, for you? Like what, it, what well, is that for you? Well, I guess the thing that I'm most respected and known for is, uh, is can fan. Is what's that now? Can fan. Can fan? Yes, yeah, C A N. One word. Next word. F A N. Fan. Have you not heard of this? I have not heard of this, Timmy. Oh my God! Uh, all right. Uh, well, uh, uh, take you back to uh, kindergarten, I guess. Um, can fan is North America's premier soda can collecting quarterly. Hi. Can fan. Oh, you're you're right. I don't know where I get off not knowing what that is. Yeah, well, I'm glad you saw the errors of your ways. Uh huh. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well, basically, can fan covers all the exciting things happening on the vintage soda can scene. All all of the exciting things happening on the vintage soda can scene. Now I'm intrigued. Oh my God. Yeah. For, well, you should be because we cover everything from Todd Mortimer's discovery of one of the 14 remaining 1946 cactus cooler misprints to Dr. Pepper CEO Sterling Masterson's quadruple murder trial. Oh my God. You remember that? That was crazy. I don't. I don't. Oh. I didn't realize that there was a whole. So this is a community of what now? Soda? Can enthusiasts? You, the the you're, you're, it's like condescension is just dripping out of your mouth. I, I'm just I don't like it. I'm tr- but you're the 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 arrogance of you assuming everybody knows your oh, me. <laughs> well, you're you you're belittling me for for oh oh yeah it's C A N can. I know how to spell can. Okay, I thought you were cultured. Obviously, I'm wrong. <laughs> Cult. Okay. Well, please then uh, enlighten me, Timmy. All right. Well, well, there's a, a there are so many exciting things going on in the can collecting world right right now. It's it's just it's, it's amazing stuff. Like like what? 
Well, the big recent news is that they're bringing back the classic new grape with the retro Suncrest era logo. I mean, how insane is that? I, I, I would, I'll have to take your word for it. All right. Well, it sounds like you are, it's, I, I can't talk to you about the, the can theme because you just don't have any knowledge of it. So it's very frustrating for me. So Let's just move on. I'm not. Uh, I'm not just a soda can guy. Okay. I'm, I'm also a, a, a published book author. Okay. Okay. That's that's impressive. Yeah. Like what? What? Because uh, I know what it takes to put a book together. I did a book. Um, but oh, what? Oh, do you work at like a like a binding place? Is that is that what you do? No, I don't work at like a binding place. Um. I wrote a book just like uh, it sounds like you did. What was your book about? I, what? I I thought I heard you say you wrote a book, but then I did. I, I, I there's no way I could have I could not have heard that correctly. I, I so now I'm assuming you said you wrote a book, like you wrote it around like a horse or something. Is that correct? No, I wrote uh, W R O T E wrote. Okay. If we're if we're both going okay. to spell words for each other tonight, um, yeah, I wrote a book, and did you wrote a book as well, Timmy? I did wrote a book as well. Yes. Okay. Very funny. What What was your What is your book? Hang on, I dropped my wallet. Okay. Well, again, don't lose your wallet. There we go. <laughs> I won't. Okay. Um. I uh. The main book I'm known for is, is of course, Do Tread on Me, Colin, Popular Tires of the Early 60s in the Upper Midwest. Do, it's, so it's a book about tires? That's right, yes. Very good, Tom. Yeah, so you wrote a book about car tires. I did, yeah. <laughs> you did, yeah, yeah. That wallet, uh, will slipping away there. Well, you know, it's interesting. I brought up Pete Richard early in the call because um, I bought one of those Rocket from the Crib wallet chains, and it's not very high quality. It keeps popping out of my pocket. So it is the fishing it up. You know, you you fish it up. They used to sell those wallet chains at the show. I remember early on. They had a thing where if you, like, they had to take the tattoo thing away. To you get into shows for you get into shows for free forever. But I do think that Rocket from the Crypt had a wallet chain thing where you got a discount on a ticket if you had one of their wallet chains. Yeah, I think it was seventy five cents off on a ticket, which adds up if you're a fan. Um, so absolutely, yeah. Yeah, to go to multiple shows. Yeah. Um, yes. So, so, um, yeah. It, it, it's a book about about uh, tires in the early '60s in the Upper Midwest, and some some very interesting chapters in in my book. Okay. Like what? Well, one of the bigger ones was uh, radial tires: colon man's greatest achievement. Oh, interesting. It, uh, uh, then there was also. There was also um, load indexes explained. Ro- okay. 
So it's real, uh, 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 real page turner there. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I didn't even mention, uh, uh, the case for the Goodyear Speedway 350 over the Speedway Wide Tread OG. <laughs> that was that caused quite a commotion on several Wisconsin vintage car club message boards. Mm-hmm. Big, big rips. Yeah. Real, real uh, back and forth, eh? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. But the most, uh, the most titillating one is uh, the chapter on. Uh, the horrors of the Michelin Strangler. Do you remember that? The the Michelin Strangler. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It was it, it was a string of killings that t- took place in in, in the late seventies. And Trent L. Strauss um, did a movie about the Michelin Strangler. It was called Skid Marks on My Neck. I know the movie. I didn't know the source material though. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. It, it, it was a real, a real uh, event that happened. That's that's that is very interesting, Timmy. Oh, thank you. Um, hey, I I know you basically focus primarily on hard rock and metal on the best show. That's not um, true. But I I do have an interesting story involving my dad Archie and the music business. If if, if you have a moment. Oh, I would I would love it. Your dad Archie Manning. Uh. uh a football legend in his own right. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. One of the great QBs of the seventies, if not the best. Mm-hmm. So what, what is, what is the music story? So after my dad retired from football, he wanted to get into the entertainment business. So he managed a, a handful of entertainers no one who really did that much, but the biggest one was Della Reese. Do you remember Della Reese? The sure, the entertainer and uh, the actor and, and yeah, your dad managed yeah. Della Reese. Yes, so we're talking, we're talking like the early nineties. Okay, and she was super cool, but she, she she had some issues. Basically. Della was in her late 60s at this point, but she needed to keep working because she had a few bad investments over the years, so she didn't have as much money as as she should have. Um, okay. The unfortunate thing was she was really overperforming by this point, like like not into it anymore. And, uh, and she was always upset about the venues, and basically she thought she should be playing much bigger theaters than, than she was, but you know, she didn't just she didn't have that big a draw at that point in, in the in the nineties anymore. Okay. So um she was pretty annoyed in general at, at that point. Um to say to say nothing of her being so annoyed when people would bring up that SNL um Della Reese's pieces candy commercial. Do you remember this? Yes, yes. That Tracy was... Morgan played played her okay and that that really irked her yeah well it it was popular you know so it it got it got traction enough for people to you know throw Reese's pieces on stage and stuff so it was kind of annoying she was so annoyed that she tried to sue tracy morgan and the reese's family but she had this lawyer named Rupert who totally pulled a choke job and then dropped at least five different balls mm-hmm. during the trial. So, you know, that, that went away, but she ended up suing Reese Witherspoon and won. 
So, so Della Reese. Yeah. Sued also sued Reese Witherspoon. Mm -hmm. Because people made a pun out of Reese's pieces, Reese Reese's pieces. Yes. I'm not sure of the particulars, but that's basically it. And she won. It wasn't a big settlement. She won a thousand dollars. I think it was more of like a, what they call it, like a token. Uh, sure, just like a nominal award, fee or whatever you'd call it, just to exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, hey, speak. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. So that's 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 uh, that's shocking and very interesting. It's it's super weird. Um, speaking of Reese Witherspoon. Just heard she got divorced. Do you have any contact info? I don't. I don't. Why? Why do you ask? Is that somebody you are interested in meeting? Well, I think we'd really connect uh, specifically on on a physical level. So... <laughs> Gross. Oh well, getting back to Della. Okay, so. She'd be in her hotel room all day resting on tour and, you know, just kind of hanging out, getting, mm-hmm. you know, practicing scales. And so when it's time to go to the show, I'd get her in the car, mm-hmm. tour manager, stage manager, and they'd, they'd blindfold her just as they were getting to the venue. I, I don't know how they did this, but, but they would do it every night. So they'd get to the venue and walk Della up to the stage, bands playing the intro, and just then the tour manager would take the blindfold off Della and then push her on stage. Oh my God. And she'd get out there and realize where she was and instantly be furious when she realized that she was playing some small dinner theater in Ohio. Okay. Weird. And so... I would sometimes travel with the tour so I could record the shows on a reel-to-reel for my dad to listen to later in, in his office. And I, I can't tell you how many tapes of live shows from back then I have that begin with Della Reese going, nope, uh-uh, uh-uh. Pretty funny in retrospect. Just that when she would realize after... And she was okay with this whole blindfolding and getting pushed on stage I, thing? I, maybe she'd forget about it before the next show. I, I don't know. Anyway, she'd be all, there is no way I'm singing in this asshole. I've played Carnegie Hall. These people are flag, flagrant animals. And she's saying all this into the microphone. In front of them. She's calling them animals into the mic. Yes, and all the while, Della's crew are blocking the the stage exit, so she can't leave the stage. What? This is like a this is a a, a rough situation. It's nuts. And then she do the first three songs just in a in a all out rage, s talking the the venue, the audience, her band, the tour manager, and then gradually as the show would go on. She'd start to love it and just kind of and just be herself. And by the end of it, she would say it was the best audience she ever had. It was it was it was crazy. And the exact same thing would happen the next night. So every night, she would lose her marbles, 
Well, to be yeah. fair, she was blindfolded and shoved onto the stage. Yes. And yeah. So in her defense, that's awful. But she, yeah. but then she would warm up once the show started and then actually love the show. Oh, yeah. Every night. And, and she would do a hundred, at least a hundred shows a year. So that entire scenario a hundred times. That's very strange. And your dad was her manager. Yeah, for a little bit. You know, he, he lost interest in it eventually. You know, he would, he would come to meetings with, uh, with agents and, you know, he'd have a football with him and just start, like, tossing it in the air. And he, he'd get so distracted by the ball that he'd forget what he was talking about. And he would end up getting ripped off. And then uh, subsequently, his artist would get ripped off. So... So he, he just, you know, he's a football guy. He just, was, was yeah. an entertainment guy. He was not made for, for this. No, no. Like no. this was not like, no. it was so, just a flight. It was like a passing fancy for him, but not where he yes. belonged. And he, yeah, he could afford to do it. So it was, it was no skin off his back when he got run out of the business. So, mm-hmm. um, which I, I'm not going to go into, um, you know, I was in a, a rock band down here in New Orleans about 10 years ago. Really? I didn't know. For First of all, I didn't know that there was a Timmy Manning. And I did not know you were so involved yeah. in the arts. But what was the band you were in? Oh, yeah. Um, we were originally called Wet Cherry, but it turned out there have uh, already been at least three other bands called that uh, over the years, which is kind of crazy, right? There have been a fair amount of Wet Cherries, yeah. Yeah. So we needed a new name, so we just decided to name ourselves after the after what we sounded like. Okay, and what what was the what name yeah. did you settle on? Progtelica. Why? Wait, what name was that now? Progtelica? Progtelica. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got to say, part of me thinks I know exactly what you're talking about. The other part is, um, is I just want to hear it from you, I think, to tell me what well, about Progtelica. Sure, sure. We mixed uh, the best of Metallica's Galloping Crunch with the infuriatingly complex time signatures of Spock's beard and Porcupine Tree. So you were going for kind of more contemporary uh, progressive rock. Yeah, yeah. We liked uh, kind of uh, mining modern prog. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was more our thing. Like we only went back as far as, as Dream Theater, as far as we were concerned, like King Crimson and Rush, and yes, those guys were the old farts. Mm-hmm. They just did, yeah. That so your scene was more the like you said, Dream Theater, uh, Pineapple Thief, and sure. So te- yeah, how how yeah. popular were Progtalica? Well, that's the thing we. We could have been a lot more popular if the other guys had followed my lead and where I wanted to take the band. That's that's where the rub sort of uh, lay. 
Okay. And so how did that, how did that exactly shake out? Well, my goal was, was to do, have more of, of a power pop sound. I thought if we could blend super melodic pop rock with lyrics that everybody could identify with, we'd be the next knack or at the very least the next ripweed. Um, so, um, you know, uh huh. Oh no, no, I just, uh, I just got a little tickle in my throat. Okay, yeah. Um, but you know, I, I thought I wrote some really great songs. Um, they had one that went, uh, "Baby, call me back." Baby, call me back. Baby, call me back. My wife just found the sketches. It's, and well, wow, that sounds that's a very specific story you're telling. Well, you know, it's it's something that happens to a lot of uh, couples over the years. Sure, that they um, someone clearly uh, one member of the of the couple starts doing what I'm assuming are illicit sketches with a with someone that isn't their partner, and then. Well, well, I didn't get to the end of the song where it turns out that that the wife has has been uh, doing mural paintings of her uh, love uh, oh, relation with someone else. So it's kind of a, a pina colada song, a little bit that they're yeah, both, it's, and it's I guess you. Well, go ahead, go ahead there, Timmy. Both doing this. They're both doing the same. They're both doing the same, you know, the same activity. But at at the end of it, it's basically it's a he's head, she's head uh, kind of situation. A what now? You're right. I did mispronounce it. it it's it's a he's head, she's head situation. No, I think you I think you mispronounced it more somehow when you just cor- when you fixed it. He said. No, I, he said. He's. A cheese head. Isn't that what it is? No, it's he said, she said. He said he's head. What is it? I can't can't say it right. So weird. He said, she said. So weird. It's like, you know how some people really have a hard time saying that thing. Uh, It was between the Italians. It was real greaseball ass hit. I know some people that really is something a lot of speech pathologists are using as a test. Yes, yes. They're using it yes. as like a, they're using it as a test. Like if you flub that, then yeah. it just, then you're, then you need to sign up for some sessions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't do, do that well on the Hill exam, uh, you know, you really have to have to have to start working at it. Yeah. And that's, that actually is like, it's a very telling sign for, for speech pathology that you need to, yeah. um, you need some work to, to, to address yeah. some issues. Yeah. But getting back to my music, yeah. um, there was another song that, that went, I'm living the life of a porn star, but without any of the sex. That was a good one. So these are the and, songs um, you wanted to play with Progtalica. Yes. Yeah, and then there was another one uh, that went, 
Oh, this time going to scare you. Then I'll ensnare you in a web of lies and deceit. First, I'm going to scare you. Then I'm going to snare you. Okay, well, I don't know why you'd need to then scare. There's a little bit of. Well, a, I don't know. It's a, cruel, it's a cruelty to that one. Well, it's like that Graham Nash quote write what you know, write what you live. So, well, that's troubling to know that, that you, I would at least have hoped you were just saying like, Hey, I like to make things up that, um, that are just, I make all kinds of things up. I'm sure you do, Timmy. (laughs) No. Um, so, but you know, my, my time in Todd Palica didn't last. The other guys kicked me out because my dad and brothers got all PO'd at me and they, they wouldn't get my bandmates free football tickets anymore. So you, so your brothers, Eli Manning and Peyton Manning used to hook your bandmates up with tickets for to NFL games. Yeah. Until something happened. Yeah. Uh Until something happened. Well, what happened? Well, I lost a fortune on an invention. I was, I was really into uh, d- during the Progtalic uh, time. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, it was a microphone that also wrote and performed the music. Oh, wait. A microphone? You'd buy a microphone, and the microphone actually did the work on its own? Yeah. It was called the Music Magician. Oh, this is intriguing. Right. I I just thought it would save everybody a lot of time if the microphones did all the work and it actually really worked. So how did that work then? Well, I, I, it's a proprietary thing. I'm not going to tell you how, how it worked, but okay. I will say nobody was interested. It, it turned out that most people wanted to write and perform their own music and not just, you know, hit a button and, and have it do it for them. Oh, weird. Um, well, I guess people, if they're going to try to be creative, they actually want to be creative and not just have a machine do the, the work for them. Well, but you want it to be perfect and machine would make it perfect. So I, I just figured that it was an obvious thing, but the big problem was that I didn't do any test marketing. So I just jumped immediately to having 10,000 of the music magicians made. Okay, and, and that must have been pretty costly, I'm assuming. Yeah, it was, it was a ton. Sold maybe 50, and the rest of them were airlifted to Iceland, and they were dumped in one of their active volcanoes. That's how they disposed of them? Yeah. There's video of it, and, and it is pretty cool, but it still hurt. To see all your your hard work dropped into a volcano. Yeah, I mean it's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool thing to look at. I, I have to say because they kind of melt and there's like weird colors and lava. But you know, it, it was my life's work, so it, it hurt my feelings. And but to make it even worse, the fortune I lost was Archie Payton and Eli's money. But you lost all of your family's money. Well, not all of their money, but. I lost all that money and it was, it was theirs. And, uh, 
I should also add that they didn't even know they'd invested in the music musician. Oh, so you you got a little sneaky. Yeah, I pulled a fast one, and I I funneled their money into my Timico business account without them knowing it. Wait, what? What a business account was that? Timico. Timico, that's your company. That's my company. Yeah. Yeah. Well. That's, so, yeah, that's, and, that's yeah, unfortunate. It, it, it's bad. It's, it is. And they, they haven't forgiven me and they've been nothing short of coin operated bitches ever since, if you ask me. So mm-hmm. that's on them. And I will say, I will say I'm not the villain here. Not only wouldn't Peyton and Eli invite me up to do a tight seven during their SNL monologues. They, they wouldn't even let me sit with the rest of the family in the audience at their shows. You mean when they did ask, when they, they wouldn't let you, wait, they, yeah. you're mad because they wouldn't let you jump up and do stand up on SNL when they hosted? Yeah. Well, there's that. And like I said, they wouldn't even let me watch from the audience with, the, with, with my dad and my mom and, and the other uh, people in my family. Now, do you think, why do you think they would be so wary of that? Well, they probably thought I'd, you know, I'd go off and I'd do my thing, you know, I, uh, unfiltered. And it, it just wasn't fair. I mean, I had to pay to watch the show in John Rudnitsky's office. Wait, whose office? John Rudnitsky. Uh, he was only on SNL for one season. He, he did a really good uh, Mario, uh, uh, what's his name? Marco Rubio. Really good. So, so you had to watch from his office. Yeah. So it was very, very humiliating. And, um, um, speaking of deep humiliation. Yeah. What's that, Timmy? Have you ever heard of a film called the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Oh yeah, of course. Oh my God. I, I'd always heard of it, but I, I didn't know anything about it. I I assumed it was part of the Rocky franchise, like Rocky, but the boxing match is in a Philly graveyard, but it's not. Timmy, I never thought I would say this. I, I, I understand very loosely how you could come to that conclusion. And I also right? don't know how you came to that conclusion. I don't know. I, I'm a I'm a full on mystery. Mm-hmm. You really are. Yeah. So, anyhow, a couple of weeks ago, I go see it. It was at midnight at this local theater. Oh my lord! People were going crazy. They were throwing food at the screen. They were yelling horrible uh, like phrases at the characters. There was almost full nudity on the screen and. It was verging on flagrant chaos there, Tom. And nobody at the theater would intervene. So I called the police. Well, that's a part of what they do there. Well, I found that out later. And, you know, the police told me what was going on. And when they they found out what, what, what I was upset about, they left. And then it was nothing but me and all the Rocky Horror kids and... Tom, those kids swarmed my ass. 
Oh my God. Because I'm, I'm assuming. I'm so scared. Oh yeah. You were never, you, so you shut the show down for, a, is that what happened? Am I correct in that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, I thought they were tearing the place up. And so after the cops left, they, 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 they surrounded me and they put that weird makeup on me and they put those clothes on me. And then they, they picked me up over their heads and they paraded me around the parking lot. And then they threw me into a dumpster and the dumpster was about to get loaded into a garbage truck. And then it got loaded into the garbage truck. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's so scary. But thankfully it wasn't like in Goodfellas when Frenchie gets put in, in the garbage truck and buddy, he's dead. Remember that? I do. I do. Oh my God. What a movie. What's, um, ah, uh, what's the, the great iconic line from that movie that everyone always quotes. Um, which one? Uh, oh, it, it's, uh, I got it. No, I got it. It's, um, Oh, I'm you, mom. I'll be with you. That's it. That's the line. When Joe yeah. Pesci's talking to his mother and she's saying, I just wish you'd find yeah. somebody. I wish you'd meet somebody nice. Be nice. Yeah. I love you, Mo. I want to be with you. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, yeah. I don't know. I, think, I just think it's it's a great, it's, it's a good moment. It is a nice, it's a sweet moment in a movie that yeah. has, that's yeah. filled with sweet moments. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, so I, I did get carted out to a, a, a dump out, outside of the city limits and I got, I got dumped into a garbage mound. Do you believe that? That's really wild. It sucked. Uh-huh. Oh my god, it was so bad. But there was a silver lining. What's that? Found a whole box of vintage wacky packages that someone threw out in the in the dump. Yes, and you're never going to believe this. I know you collect. I do. Right? I do. You can admit it. I do. I said, oh, I said, I do. I do. Oh, I I, I didn't hear you. All right. So in this box of wacky packages, I found one of the ultra rare gravestones packages. Remember that one? It was, it it was a parody of Flintstones chewable vitamins, Mm -hmm. but there's, there's gravestones, not vitamins on the front. Mm-hmm. You can clearly see in the background in the background Barney and Wilma getting it on. Yeah, yeah. By, by a by, by one of those like slabs, like a mausoleum slab. Yeah, yeah. It's sick, but I found one, so that's well, that's huge. That's, a, that's something cool. It's 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 big to put in my quiver for future, uh, you know, for rainy days, right? Oh no, that's I mean, that's like. I mean, look. Some people their 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 proudest one would be like having like a jerks or you know plastered yeah. peanuts. Yeah, yeah. You know. There weren't many mistakes though, so this is it's, no. It's it's, 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 a, it's a rare one. This is huge. As a collector, it I get huge. it. Hey, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my god. Hey, speaking of huge news. Did, yeah. Have you heard? Have you heard who else is getting indicted along with Trump? No, who? Eddie Trunk. Wait, Eddie Trunk, the metal, 
the hard rock and metal uh radio host and and uh 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 guru yes yeah yeah i i don't know what happened but apparently eddie dj'd one of those trump soirees at mar-a-lago and you know trump's such a cheapskate he he paid him not in cash but in stolen documents from the white house oh that's wild i didn't know that yeah it gets worse um how how eddie eddie needs money all right so he goes out and he traded the documents to, to the Saudis for these rare UFO bootlegs, and he got caught. So Eddie Trunk took the 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 documents, the the I guess the stolen documents, the classified documents. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, he cashed them out for UFO bootlegs. Eight. He traded them to the Saudis for, yeah, for, uh, gosh, I, I don't know how much he got, but he ended up buying a ton of super rare UFO bootlegs and and, and a few bootleg uh, UFO shirts from back in the day. So that's big, big stuff for him. So that's what he did with these classified documents. Yeah, yeah. So he's getting indicted apparently alongside Trump. And my understanding is they're going to get Perp Walk together. Eddie Trunk and Donald Trump are going to both get indicted simultaneously and do the perp walk side by side. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, no. What? Oh, no. What? Oh, my God. Well, Tom, I, I, I guess what they say about the best show being the preferred podcast in the, of New Orleans' most unhinged fun rock and roll musical fans is, is true. How, how, how is that? Um, it, it's a gaggle of kids from the Rocky horror picture show the other night. They're, they're swarming my mansion and they must've been listening and, uh, and tracked me down using some sort of reverse GPS technology or something. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I'm, I'm scared. Oh, oh that no. would be there. That's a, that's a, those are some rough customers, Timmy. <laughs> Timmy. Oh, oh my God, Tom! They've got a rice can, and they're gonna they're gonna fire a giant rice ball. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh my God! They're light. It's an old-fashioned fuse, and they're and they're lighting that. Can you hear it in the background? It's so loud. I hear it. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. Timmy. It's just a jump to the left. Oh my god. I hope he's okay. I I don't know what to say. I can only I guess we I can only just pray he's all right. That's scary stuff. Um my friends, let's get ready. Going to play some music. And then we will 
go live to the studio for the Gary the Squirrel talk show. Everybody, listen to something by Can, and then we will be doing some hanging with our pal Gary the Squirrel. For the homeowner, 
And terrible news for the living room carpet. The carpet. Squatting. My writers are fired. More like my wrongers. What else is going on? Let's see. Experts say California's historical rainfall still won't be remedy for the decade-long drought. For a job like that, they'll either need better groundwater irrigation or getting Cardi B to adjust her tour schedule. Wait, who wrote that one? That's filthy. (laughs) Not safe for Twitch. I don't approve of filth. Okay, what else is going on? New Jersey Pickle Factory was tragically destroyed in a fire earlier this month. The three-alarm blaze officially ended production of the factory staple. Four-alarm habanero pickles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, you can't get your money back. The show started. <laughs> no refund. All right, one more, one more. Eric Clapton announced a short tour for 2023. He stated that the tour could have been longer. And his doctor stated, so could his lifespan if he was vexed. <laughs> More like Eric Crapton, huh? <laughs> All right, that's good enough with the monologue jokes. I want to first introduce my friend, my Band leader and my former roommate, Vance. Okay, Vance. Okay. He's not exactly a chatterbox. Being on camera is not a strong suit. But speaking of strong suits, my sidekick, my second banana. The Ed McMahon to my Carson. The Arthur Treacher to my Merv Griffin. The Regis to my Joey Bishop. Deep cut. Take it easy. (laughs) Your turn's coming. The Andy Richter to my Conan. The Kevin Eubanks to my Jay Leno. The one, the only... Rogo, Scott Rogowski. Hey, oh, thank you, Gary. Oh, it's so good to see you. Love that back. intro. Kevin Eubanks is the one I identify most with of all yeah, those. Yeah, he's good. Good old Eubanks. Yeah. How about this? We're back, Gary. We got picked up. A second show. Yeah, we did. We're this back. Is, I love the cadence. I love the cadence. Once every four months is perfect for my schedule. Yeah. Not even quarterly. That would be too frequent. I like the trimester basis. Just enough time to recover. Yeah, exactly. You need the recovery time. Yeah. So how's it going? Oh, it's going great. Now, people might know Scott was the host of a app quiz show called Low T. Low T? <laughs> Low T? You, you got, well, I guess you got none of the letters right there. 
Wait, what uh, was it called? HQ. HQ. Yeah. I was going to say you were close, but you really, you're pretty far off on that one. And this show, if you don't remember it, they would ask questions, like 10 questions, one of which was unanswerable. It was, it was, a, it was a little rigged, I'll be honest. There was, they got very difficult at the end there. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the question was like, what am I thinking? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that subjective, but the, you know, the problem is, Gary, you got these bots online. When you deal with any kind of online game show, you got these bots trying to hack the game and scrubbing the screen for Google answers. So they had to, the writers had to construct these questions in such a way to beat the bots. And it was really taxing on the writing staff. And it definitely made for some convoluted questions that were not easy to answer by human or bot. Yeah, no, it was great. Because then you'd maybe, if somehow you won it, you'd get $2. If, if you're lucky, two dollars. And then you like have to go in the woods to find it. <laughs> yeah, yeah so it was more of like a Nathan for you type of uh, shenanigan to uh, to claim your yeah. prize. Yeah. But look, that app don't exist no more. And it does not. And now you don't need it. You're a movie star. I am. A movie star. Well, that's news to me. You got a new feature film out. Oh. Go glitch. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call my, I don't know, I I don't know if I'm the star or if, I don't consider myself in that way regarding the film. It's not my film. I happen to be a, one of about 20 talking heads in a documentary about HQ, yes. No, it tells the story. Tells the story. The whole thing. Uh, it leaves a few things out, but for an hour and a half, it's the best I could do, I guess. What was it like to was- play the role? Scott Rogowski. Yeah. See, I, it was a lot of, you know, method acting. I spent I spent about 38 years with, with him to really understand the nuances of the character, the ins and outs. I shadowed him, followed him around everywhere, slept with him, yeah. for crying out loud. You got in the, you became the character. I became, it was a, yeah, it was like a John Malkovich situation. I got inside, and um, I think I, I think I fell a little short, to be honest, but... Uh, I was going to say the critics, I, don't, I haven't read any reviews. I don't know what the critics are saying. My mom liked it, and that's all that matters, I guess. No, that's nice. Yeah. But this documentary tells a story of this app called B&H Photo. <laughs> well, now you got, one of, you got one of the letters right there. Yeah. What was it called again? HQ. 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 B&H. You go to B&H, and you download HQ. Well, you used to. Now that you play the game. And then you're like millions of people. Mm. Then you had The Rock. The Rock. The Nero. The Nero. All the biggies. Christy Yamaguchi, Christy was, the, Yamaguchi. was the first guest. So there's some deep, there's some trivia about the trivia show. Who was the first celebrity co-host of HQ? Christy Yamaguchi, Olympic champion skater. Look at that. Yeah. So interesting. <laughs> Not even a little boring. <laughs> no, but... The main thing with this documentary glitch, yeah. it told the story of the dude who started the company, Russ. Mm-hmm. Big part of it. Russ and Colin, the two co-founders, yep. Yeah, but I want to focus on Russ. Okay. Look, I know you can't say it. Russ sucks! <laughs> 
He I'm, was jealous. He hated you. It was like Mozart and Salieri. With less musical ability, but sure. You yeah. were everything he wanted to be. I don't know. Russ I, sucks. The, uh, the documentary tells us. I'll let the documentary speak for itself. I'm not going to comment Look, any further. You can't spell untrustable without Russ. You can't spell sucks without Russ, I guess. Got the U and the S in there. Right, go easy. I'm doing the thing. Okay. <laughs> you can't spell uncrustable without Russ. True. You can't spell Toys R Us. Another company that went under without Russ. <laughs> this is all factual. You can't spell Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Someone who just like your former boss can't shoot straight. Wow. Without Russ. Wow. <laughs> You can't spell Durst, <laughs> Robert, or Fred. <laughs> Without Russ, might not be the same order, but it still tracks. <laughs> so you hated this dude, right? I, I, I. No, I, you're not the same. There was tension. No, no, there was right. tension it's in there. It's fine. It's fine. He was not the easiest person to get along with. Look, I didn't want to hate him. I wanted to like him. He was my you boss. I want. Like I wanted this to be a great relationship. You're a nice I guy. wanted to still be working for HQ. I wanted HQ to still be existing and me hosting it. It was the best gig ever, and I wanted to have a great relationship at the office. And uh, it just wasn't meant to be. I guess out of my hands. Now, one of the things that came out, sweet green. Mm. He this, got mad at you because you hated sweet green. This is true. You can't make it up, folks. Tell us about it. So uh, it was a day in November 2017, and I had... What day? The 21st, if you want to know. I remember it what pretty time? well. What time? The, the, well, so I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. There was an article that was published on November 21st at about 2.53 p.m., if you want to know the specifics. Eastern. Eastern. Easter. And I, uh, the night before, I had given an interview with a, a writer at the Daily Beast named Taylor Lorenz, and she had just wanted to do an interview about me, a little profile puff piece, asking me where I grew up, where I went to school, what I like to eat for lunch. I mentioned I go to Sweetgreens around the corner. I like to eat healthy. I like That's their salads. That's a great article. You like salad, Gary. It's, it's, we're, we're, we have the same taste there. Good carrots and lettuces and alfalfa mix, all yeah. that good stuff. So... Uh, we, we, I, I did the interview. This is light by puffy standards. Yeah, it was pretty puffy. It was supposed to be a very light piece, but the problem is I wasn't supposed to talk to journalists. I had a gag order at the time. I was supposed to forward every press request to Russ, and he would subsequently quash the interview request, and I never did any interviews for the first three months of the show. And then here was an opportunity to talk to Taylor, who had some mutual friends, and I thought this would be very non-controversial. I, I wasn't going to talk about the company. I wasn't going to give away any company secrets or talk business. Just she wanted to ask about me. I felt like I could talk about me. Why not? Yeah. And what and happened people was... People know you. You're already a person. Well, yeah, the up. idea was for people to get to know me because nobody knew who I was really at that point. They saw me on the show, but they didn't know where I went to eat lunch. And people show. wanted to know where I ate lunch, apparently. What was that show you used to have go run? Wasn't run, Ru running, running late. Toilet. Run, <laughs> running toilet. 
It would have been. Oh, wait, what was it called? Running Late Show. Yes, I thought I was doing it in New York, but it was a very local show. You know, I wasn't a national name by any means. So I did this interview. Taylor uh, uh, runs it by our editor. They call Russ just to fact check or just to get a comment, just to give him a heads up like, hey, we're going to do this article about HQ, your company. And Russ apparently went ballistic that night. He, he said, if you publish this piece, I'm going to fire Scott. And then that was on the record. And what ended up happening is that puff piece turned into a story that was headlined, HQ CEO, colon, if you run this piece, I will fire your, the host. And that became a viral article on the Daily Beast. I was hosting the show that afternoon. The craziest part of the whole thing yeah. is that at 10 minutes to 3, right before they were going to publish, Russ called me into his conference room. I was going to host the show at 3 o'clock. Yeah. He pulls me into his conference room and says, I've got Daily Beast on speakerphone here. They say, I threatened to fire you. Just tell them that's not true. That never happened. And he's like waving his arms around. To- he's giving me the, you know, it's not true. It didn't happen. Holy and I, sign up. Yeah, I said... I said, that's true. I, what, I didn't know about this conversation he had privately with this reporter. I said, Russ never threatened to fire me. That's crazy. I don't know where you're getting that from. And they retorted, no, we have Russ on record last night saying, if you run this piece, we're going to fire Scott. And Russ in that moment still doubled down and said, that's not true. So he's lying bald-faced to me with these journalists sworn to, you know, the truth and being accurate. And... uh that was a strange moment for me. And I just said, look, Russ, I got to host your show here. Yeah. And I went to host the show. When I got out of that room, the studio, the article had been published and it had been trending on Twitter already. And everything changed at that point. Russ. Meaning the show got more popular is what really happened. Yeah. It went from 80,000 people to a million people in six weeks. And if it's any consolation, Russ works at Sweet Green now. <laughs> <laughs> it's unknown what Russ is doing. The, our, the documentary hey, Russ! the documentary showed what I was doing now, but it didn't have a follow-up of where Russ is now, and I thought that was lacking. Russ, put some extra ginger dressing on my shrew mommy. <laughs> shrew mommy. <laughs> extra ginger. This just shows what a consummate comedian Gary is, because shrew mommy, of all the names of the sweet green salads, by far the funniest one. You know how to do it, Gary. You didn't go with guacamole. No. Greens or you know fish tacos no. or whatever shrew mommy perfect. Not mention a steelhead. Steelhead, yeah, kale Caesar even that's a little punny. No, no. shrew mommy. What is that? When I go to sweet green, you know, I say at the counter, I want my shrew mommy, <laughs> and no one laughs because I do it every time. Shrew mommy, dearest. <laughs> that's good. I gotta write that down. Yeah. Hold yeah. On. <laughs> I didn't write it down. Hard to write with but the nuts. But now you have a store. Yes, that's what. I, yeah, the documentary it did include my my vintage clothing shop, Quiz Daddies. We rebranded since I was here last yeah. time, Gary. I went from Quiz Daddies closet to Quiz Daddies. I took a marketing class at Devry. I learned you got to shorten, got to be punchier. Quiz Daddies. Yeah. We changed all the social media. It's at Quiz Daddies. It's quizdaddies.com. I got stickers. Who told you to do that? I got stickers that say Quiz Daddies. Who told you to do that? It was this, you know, night class I took. I was telling you to simplify it. That was you? There we go. My thing was like, my thing's Quiz, Blink, Blink, Blink. Nobody can find it. Quizard of Waverly Place, Quizzy McGuire. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of options. But I want the brakes on some of the puns. I got four thousand of those, Gary. Those are my. It goes a long way. Those are my nicknames on the show. Not like unlike the ginger dressing. Right. 
A little bit goes a long way. Yeah, you want medium on that. Yeah. Mixed in. No bread. No bread. Never bread. No bread. I'm on keto. Have you tried the new uh, crispy treat, the Rice crispy treat they got going there now? No, I don't get my snacks. It's sweet cream. No. Yeah. You can pass on that. See, they're not sponsoring me. I'm not being paid, so I I can critique their dessert option. Well, look. Scott. Yeah. Even though I'm not your boss. And I control your life in every way, shape, and form. <laughs> yes, this is true, Gary. Here's my promise to you. Mm. I, Gary the Squirrel, will never, ever treat you the way Russ treated you. Oh, thank you. If you want to go to Sweet Cream, you go to Sweet Cream. Let's do it. Just pick me up some. Shroom mummy. Oh, I was waiting for you to f- close that out. No, get, get me shroom mummy. Not now. <laughs> I wouldn't go there now. It's all the rotten vegetables are a little wilted at night. Can I, can I tell you a true thing that I used to do? Oh, I wish we had time. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> no, of course. I don't know if I got in trouble. I think the statute limitations ran out, but it may not even be illegal. Because yeah. this was early on in my HQ days, right? I, the, 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 we think we talked last time. The pay wasn't great. and It some, wasn't? It wasn't. Russ, among Wait, other things, was not too generous. <laughs> you mean the game show you hosted against a wall in the corner <laughs> of an office didn't pay you a ton of money? Do you know what it was like to give away $5,000 and realize I wasn't making that in, in a month? Yeah. Aye, aye, um, aye. But uh, what I would do, Gary, I would order yeah. my sweet green. Well, sometimes I, sometimes I wouldn't even order. I would just go to sweet green in the afternoon. I would take a look at the pickup orders. And there'd be some orders that were sitting there yeah. for a few hours. Yeah. And I figured, look, there's no way someone orders a salad yeah. at 11 a.m. and now it's 3 p.m., yeah. 4 p.m. They're not coming back for that salad. Yeah. It's going to get thrown away. So I might have taken some of those those salads left at the end of the day. Now, is that a crime? Yeah. It is? <laughs> it's so maybe I should, a crime. It's a crime. Those were not yours and you took them without <laughs> paying. <laughs> but do you... Kind of, Every part of that is a crime. For a four-hour, I mean, you give them a little time there, but you're really going to come, a, a soggy old, they weren't good salads at that point, but I, I still ate them, you know, I wanted to. Oh, you're just kind of a hero. I think I'm a bit of a, I, I, was, I was eco-conscious, I'm recycling, yeah. you know, food waste is a major problem in America. No, a real hero. Thank you. We've got a parade going for you. Thank you. That's, that, that's the response I was expecting. Everybody, we'll be right back. Tally Medell! All right, all right. Welcome back to Gary the Squirrel Show. Now, you might know my first guest from her amazing performance in the Oscar-winning movie. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Or as part of the sensational Cocoon Central Dance Team. She's an amazing person and a super talent. And it is my pleasure to welcome Tally Medell. Thanks, Gary. That's so nice. Thank you for doing the show. Thank you. Have a seat. The honor's all mine. How are you? 
I am so happy to be here. It's uh, so exciting. It is. It is. It's really exciting. I'm yeah. really happy for you too. That's the word of the night. Exciting. Yeah. Now, you're out here in Los Angeles. Yes. What's that like? Uh, thanks for asking. That's uh, the kind of question that I love to hear from you. Yeah. It's been really a wonderful change of pace. And I would also say that after the Oscars, it, you know, with a high that high, yeah. it's, uh, I, I don't, I'm living in a, a dream surreality. Yeah. 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 Is it a letdown? It's not a letdown. It's just um, hard to. It's still hard to process the wins. Right. Seven wins. Unbelievable. Yeah. It. Yeah. So kind of shifted my reality in a way. You know. Seven wins. Seven wins. You know who's used to seven wins? Who? You and the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> they suck. <laughs> Seven. No. You're from New You live in New York. Yeah, I a, do. A, otherwise known as NYC. Yeah. What's that like? It's fine. It's, uh, I think it's my favorite city. I love it. I love it there. No, a little trivia about you. I don't know if you know this or not. You originally are from Alaska. That's true. Oh wow! Yeah. What's that like? We should have asked that in HQ. I'm, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's. <laughs> uh, Where it's in Alaska great. did you grow up? <laughs> I grew up in Ketchikan, Alaska. It's southeast Alaska, and uh, it's part of the Tongass National Rainforest. It's part of the Alexander Archipelago, and. It's really beautiful. Really, really beautiful. Wow. It's like British Columbia. Rainforest, you said? Yeah. Rainforest in Alaska. I did not know that. Yeah. I did not know that. And then Fairbanks says desert. That's my line. <laughs> oh, that was Carson's line. Right. Carson. <laughs> the master. Yeah. Carson Daly. <laughs> I, lo- I really loved Carson Daly. I thought he was very handsome as a youth. Yeah. DRL. Oh, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. Did you like TRL's to- Total Request Live? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Right? Totally. I was all about that show. Rushing home from school to watch it? Yeah. The 1515 Broadway? Yeah. I used to call in and vote. Did you? Yeah. Keep Tell rolling, me. rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. We kept Limp Biscuit number one for a month, baby! <laughs> Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Big Biscuit fans on the show Remember? here. Yeah. Do you know who's in that video? No. Steven Dorf. And Ben Stiller! Wow. Stop joking. Go watch it. I will. That's so uh, wild. Another video. Go where nowhere. We ain't going nowhere. nowhere. We can't mm-hmm. be stopped now. Bad, bad boys, boys for life. life. Who's in that video? Oh, that one I 
Stephen Dorff and Ben no, Stiller. Pat, the dude from Access Hollywood. Pat O'Brien. Pat O'Brien. Pat O'Brien. Now that's hashtag rock and roll weirdness, if you ask yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Natalie. Yeah. You, how did you get in the movie? Everything, everywhere, all at once. What Thank- was that like? And can you get me in a movie that will have a similar response? <laughs> I got in the movie from uh, an offer for the role. The f- I know. The filmmakers are longtime friends and collaborators of mine. Daniels! We- yep. Mm-hmm. Daniel Scheinert and Dan Kwan. They are friends of mine from Emerson College. And I'd been... Betsy! Mm, you sure? Yeah, it, it is. Now it is. Maybe it was at the time, too, but I didn't I didn't really know that. And now it's very much it a fancy? name. It's, well, it's, it's, it's always been a comedy school name, like Stephen yeah, Wright, right? David yeah, Cross, a uh-huh. lot of, yeah. of well known alma mater. Joe Mandy, Joe Mandy, Harris Whittles. Yes, um, the it goes on and on. The late great. Mm-hmm. That's right. Wheat six. What? Wheat six. One of his jokes. Wheat six. Wheat thins. He hated. Wheat. He said, oh. "I care about wheat thins." Tell me when they got wheat six. That's funny. That's a great joke. Yeah. Founder of the humble brag. Founder of the humble brag. Yeah. Originator, inventor, and writer of "Treat Yourself." Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What's up with that one, Daniel? Which one, Shiner? The one always making the faces. <laughs> Dan Quan. Jeff Daniels. No, the one that like makes Jim Carrey look like Stephen Wright. I'm just busting beats. Please hire me. Please. I see, I see, I see. I see, I see. Help. (laughs) My career's in trouble. I can't. I'll do what I can. Daniel or any other Daniels watching. Hire me. I'll change my name to Daniel the Squirrel. (laughs) I wish it worked that way. Wouldn't that be nice? It would. Yeah. I know. Where, Where did you shoot that movie? We shot in the Los Angeles area. The apartment scene, that was part of the set in Simi Valley. And I forget the name of this place, but it was one of the banks that caused the housing crisis. And Silicon after, Valley? No, it was in Simi Valley. Oh, the, oh, the, oh, the this was, housing but, crisis in 08. Yeah, oh, yes, boy. Yes, exactly. And so the OG this crisis. bank was abandoned and then they turned into a production, like a space for rent. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so the the apartment set was in there, and the tax office, and the big, huge staircase. I forget what else we did there. And then the laundromat is on location. And you met everybody in the movie? I already knew Jenny Slate, and I already knew Steph Shu. She was one of the, between her, Dan, and Daniel, they decided to offer me the role of Becky. What's Jamie Lee Curtis like? She's incredible. Is she Tally Medell incredible? You know, I'm going to go ahead and say (laughs) more so. More (laughs) so. (laughs) She's so loving. She's really, really, really loving and really generous. I can't say enough good things about her. Halloween. A great... A great series of films. True lies. 
True Lies, my favorite. Yes. Uh, with the cracks. That one I don't remember so much. Halloween 2. A Fish Called Wanda. Halloween H2O. Yeah. Halloween ends. Yeah. Halloween's back again. Oh. Halloween <laughs> thought it ended, but it's coming back a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Gary. I'll get you in one. Look, my career's in trouble. My agent, Mel Gorman, he said my career's in what you, you call it a swoon. A swoon. Mm. He said it's a swoon. Mm. That's beautiful. It's a polite way of yeah. describing it. He's not the best it. agent, It's romantic. Though. He works at an, a- an agency, founder of an agency called Trimar Entertainment. <laughs> and he puts me up for roles. Assistant chef, target employee. I did book a gig. Home Depot shelf stalker. <laughs> it turns out it was an actual Home Depot. Oh, no. I'm sorry. And I have to pay him 20%. Yeah. 20%. Of your paycheck yeah. from? That's, that's exorbitant. You got to fire this yeah. agent. If that's not bad enough, he makes me bring lumber to him. Because <laughs> he's building a treehouse. With your you money. You gotta fire this agent. Yeah. No. Natal. Rod Yeah. You're also a member of Cocoon Central Dance Team. That's right, Gary. What's that like? So <laughs> it's heaven. I Dance really. Mm. Sunita. Mm hmm. Eleanor. Mm hmm. Sunita. Mm hmm. That's it. That's it. Roll call complete. We're, re- off. We're really lucky, you know? You like to dance around those blue unitards. Sometimes blue unitards, sometimes other stuff. You're a meme. I was mean? You're a meme. Meme. You're a meme. You're a gif. Okay. Like Gary, that. my apologies. Yes, I. we are. We're, we're a meme. Tell Gary You're about right. the gifts. You just show me your gifts. We have a giffy page. That's. Purely a Cocoon Central Dance Team page on Giphy. That's that's in our blue suits. With how many views? Something like b- 1.4 billion. Oh yeah. my God. Billion. Billion. Billion with a B. Million with a B, Gary. Isn't that you wild? You must be rich. No, that's another, <laughs> that's another thing. What, you didn't get rich from the internet? <laughs> There's a theme here with the I don't know what couch. went wrong. Yeah. You're also a teacher. That's right. Tell me about that, please. I teach clown. I started doing it during the pandemic. What and bozo? this is a fair question, Gary. Thank you for keeping me honest. I actually don't know enough about Bozo the Clown to compare it or not. But it's like a more theatrical tradition, I guess. You know, clowns are ancient, Gary. Yes. Mm-hmm. Commedia dell'arte. Exactly. We're going back to the, the Italians. Yeah, that's... Emmett Kelly. Emmett Kelly. Yep. Who are the great clown? Shakes. I think Jamie Dimitriou right now is a great clown. That's a great clown. David Brent in the BBC office, that's a great clown. So you're saying you don't have to be in the makeup to be a clown? No. The makeup, that comes from uh, circuses trying to sell tickets and deciding to appeal to children which also like that didn't mm. work yeah. um yeah what a really 
really appealing thing for children. Yeah. Weird dude in makeup. Horrible. And also <laughs> like in their face. <laughs> the clown laughing with no reason to laugh, just maniacal laughter. That's the real scary part. Yeah. Pennywise yeah. comes to mind. Yes. Should. Yeah. But it is a what? bummer because now when I say that I teach clown, everybody assumes I'm doing a Come honk here, honk. Georgie. Georgie. <laughs> Don't you want to come in the sewer with me, Georgie? Gary, this is really good. You should be getting sent out from your roles. Excuse me. <laughs> it's three. Squirrel Town. <laughs> Just a bitch. Why don't you walk that one over to Jamie Lee Curtis? Help me. Oh, I would... So you teach clowning. How, do... How can someone get you as a teacher? Oh, thanks for asking. This is a great question. I'm teaching another workshop on Thursday at the Elysian here in Los Angeles. Uh, noon to three. Mm. So fun. So fun. And in New York, I am teaching a couple seven-week courses at Brooklyn Comedy Collective. Those will start at the end of May. Where are you going? Come back. Yeah. And <laughs> there we go. And at... I zone out sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I have it. Yeah, yeah. we all do. Yeah. Hey, Dunkin' Donuts would be nice about <laughs> this time. Hey, D.D., get it? Hey, D.D. <laughs> Gary runs on Dunkin'. Yeah, I can feel yeah. it. I don't know if anybody runs on Dunkin'. I <laughs> love Dunkin'. In, in other ways. You're running in other ways. Yeah, run on dunk. Yeah, it's time for a nap. Uh, coffee is made of gasoline. America's got the runs on Duncan. There we go. That's what I was going for. Remember so, when they did the double brewed coffee? I think, I don't know what it means, but I, I can only imagine that it means running the coffee back through the grinds. Yeah, and you Maybe get to the toilet grinds. in half the time. Double it up. All right, all right. <laughs> Keep it clean. My apologies, Gary. Well, not you, Scott. He's uh, got a tendency to veer into filth. Yeah. Oh. I got to keep him on track. Then this is why I got kicked off HQ. Yeah. Too toilet many, mouth. Too many toilet jokes. Now, Tally. Yeah. I want to play a game for, so people can find your clowning where? Oh, on my website. Thanks for asking. TallyMadel.com slash classes. D-A-L-L. I-E. Keep going. M-E-D-E-L. That's right. Dot com. That's right. Here's the game we're going to play. Okay. It's called, because you're from Alaska. That's right. It's called Alaska, Alabama, or Alka-Seltzer. Oh, awesome. Now you have to tell me whether the person I name is from Alaska Alabama, or whether they aren't a person and they are Alka-Seltzer. Okay. You ready? Yep. Helen Keller. Alabama. Correct. Hmm. Jewel. Alaska. Correct. Two for two. Yeah, two for two. Not that hard math. Just keep a track here, Gary. Keep a track here, Gary. Don't be too hard on him. Sarah Palin. Um, actually, not really from Alaska, but then you know, then she was there. 
Who's she's, I think she's from the Midwest. Alaska. I mean, sure, Wasilla. Sure. Wasilla. Helps with upset stomach. Alka-Seltzer. Correct. Four in a row. Channing Tatum. Alabama? Correct. Oh. Dan Mitz. Dan Mitz. Dan Mitz. I don't know this person, so I'm going to say Alabama. Scott. Writer, comedian from Alaska? Alaska. Wow. Relieves heartburn. (laughs) Alka-Seltzer. Correct. (laughs) Courtney Cox. Alabama? Correct. Ooh. Carlos Boozer. Juno, Alaska. Correct. Todd Palin. I guess Alaska. Correct. <laughs> Main ingredient is anhydro- <laughs> anhydrous citric acid. Alka-Seltzer. Correct. <laughs> Tallulah Bankhead. Alabama? Correct. Kurt Schilling. Alabama? Alaska. Wow. Wow, I didn't know that either. Easy to take for people who have trouble swallowing pills. <laughs> Alka Seltzer. Correct. <laughs> Bristol Palin. Alaska. Correct. <laughs> Evander Holyfield. Alabama. Correct. <laughs> One second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Uh, Carlos Booz. I thought Trajan Langdon was the one I was thinking of. Trajan Langdon also Also from Alaska. Alaska. Wow. (laughs) What was it about the Alaska to Duke pipeline? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Can't spell Coach K without... Alaska Alaska. to Duke to mediocre athletes being worth $300 million (laughs) pipeline. In Alaska, basketball is a really popular sport. That was our sport. Alaska ball. Mm-hmm. That's the pipeline we should be protesting, by the way, in Alaska. Hey-yo. 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 That's what I'm talking about. Being built over native lands, That's that pipeline. This guy's my co-host. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to see you two really connecting. <laughs> I'm your That's... humble sidekick, Gary. I'm just here. Oh, your foil. Two more. Okay. Mike Ray's. The risk of kidney stones uh-huh. in some people. Alka Seltzer. Trick question. That's Tums. Oh. Shots okay. Fired on that, Tums. I don't think that's fair. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Final one. Tally Mandel. From Alaska. Hey, there it is. Hey. You win. What do I win? Anything? Yeah, there's some. Lifesavers in the kitchen. I saw those. Help yourself to up to two. There's so many. That bag was huge. Yeah, that's how they do it in Forever Dog. <laughs> By all means. Let's Thank make you. sure we have 30 pounds of lifesavers. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take two. I'll take two, certainly. Yeah. The heat don't work, but there's lifesavers. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, can I promote one thing? Oh, I wish I could. Led you. <laughs> of course. Your tally. Bleeping Madel. I have a show at the Elysian Theater. And that's Friday at 10 p.m. It's called Darling Tally. It's supposed to be a play on Darling Nikki. 
You get where I'm going? It's a dance and comedy show. Oh. It's really high energy. Yeah. I have dancers. The show ends with a dance contest. It's really fun. It's really, really fun. It's at the Elysian at 10. The Elysian. Check it out. Bring Here in Los li- Angeles. Bring your own lifesavers. It's Friday. Bring your own lifesavers. Stop by forever, dog with a bucket to fill it with lifesavers. Then yeah. <laughs> head on over to the Elysian. Yeah, thank you. Hey. Carrie, thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. What a pleasure. We, we will be right back with more Gary the Squirrel Show. All right, all right. Welcome back to the show. What a thrill to have had Tally Medell. Now, Scott. Tally's great. Tally's great. Yes, Gary? You're known for two things. What are those two things? One is you were the former host of No Refunds with Scott Rogowski. Uh-huh. Running Late Show. Wait, that's what it was called? It was called The Running Late Show, yes. Okay. Running late with Scott. But you're Rogowski. also known for your t-shirt store. I am. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I, I. Can you believe it's been a year now, Gary? My, are we celebrated our one year anniversary last week? Yeah. We actually had some friends of, of uh, the Gary the Squirrel show, some audience members, and some producers actually show up to the party. That was Happy a lot. Happy birthday. Yes. Thank you. Our one year. Was it a birthday or anniversary for a store? Anniversary. I don't know. It's an anniversary, birthday, whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, it's been going so well. Gary, I can't tell you, this is our best month yet. Our, our best month has been March 2023, year in, and hopefully it keeps getting better. And I'll give the same discount code to all the listeners out there that I gave last time. 20% off if you mention Gary yeah. at the shop. 20% off for every time. Can I share some shirts from the yeah. store? I got some things what here, Gary. What do you want to ask? Can you help me, please? What if a fan of Gary Squirrel's show comes in? And they're like, I got to use a can real bad. Yeah, I do get asked for the bathroom a lot. I ask for champ. I'm across from a car wash. A lot of people ask for quarters. But uh, but thankfully, more customers are coming in than before. This first shirt I want to show off. I don't you know if know, I'm going to sell this one. You put in your place a Pac-Man machine. Like, like, like the bear, right? Bring him in for the video game and then sell him the sandwich. That's a good idea. Yeah, I didn't watch that show. No, you watched the squirrel. I started watching. I was like, wait. What am I watching here? Guy making sandwiches? I felt similarly, yeah. I I, I, uh, I didn't I get through it. the first episode. But uh, this it's shirt. It's to see that we are living in the era, the era of low concept shows. <laughs> there was Will a lot. Get the mustard out in time. <laughs> <laughs> low stakes. I think it's yeah. No, I'm just joking. Maybe we gotta get, I gotta get to the first episode. Maybe cast me. But this is a uh, this shirt, this first shirt here, Gary. If you do come yeah. in, we don't have Pac-Man. I got a lot of shirts. This first one, no, I don't know if don't. I'm gonna sell. This one was given to me last week at the party by uh, a, a fan of yours. Yeah, Hank. Nice shirt, thanks, Hank. And it's a Scotty hey, Pippen. Hank. Check this out. We've got the competition beat at Scotty Pippen's Dodge Store, Chicago, Illinois. There you. Zero, zero, zero. So Scotty Pippen gave out shirts. Scotty Pippen for his 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 Dodge dealership. I yeah. guess. Scotty Pippen's Dodge store. I love I love the basketball theme. You got the Bulls logo. You got Scotty's 
uh, signature, but it's it's a car dealership shirt at the end of the day. Yeah. And it dovetails nicely with this other one. You know what? I this is amazing. That shirt, though. I prefer to shop at Tony Coco Chevrolet. <laughs> <laughs> Hall of Famer Tony Kukoc now. Dickie Simpkins Kia. Dickie Simpkins Kia. Go ahead. C- Corey Williams Dodge. Well, that's no. Um, Corey Williams. Cor- Corey Williams Pinto. I don't know. Ford. Here- Scott Williams. Scott Williams. Was it Scott Williams? Who was the Corey? I don't know. My 93, 94 Bulls roster needs some work here. But how about this one? This dovetails nicely. Well, not, another shirt not for sale. I'm showing off some of the personal collection here. Yeah, this is Oakley's risky. Car Wash, Charles Gary. Car wash. You know about Charles Oakley's Car Wash. Yeah. This is Yonkers, New York. Ohio and New York. That's right. Yonkers. 48-hour yeah. clean car guarantee. I love the this Oakman. shirt. Love yeah. that shirt. Found this in L.A. At a Goodwill in L.A., I found an Oakley car wash shirt. Go Unbelievable. figure. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Making you jealous. Some Knicks fan is on. Hit the skids. I, or maybe just a car. someone who needed a car wash didn't even know. If you knew that was Charles Oakley, you wouldn't give the shirt away. No. That's a rare shirt. Very impressive. We're continuing with the basketball thing because I know Gary's yeah. a big basketball fan. I love hoops. He loves the hoops. He's dropping. Ramble. Dropping Detroit Pistons. This is so handsome. This graphic. This is the Cedar Rapids Silver Bullets. 1988. This is a CBA CBA. team. CBA. Now, there's a very famous alum of the Cedar Rapids Silver Bullets. John Starks. You got it, Gary. John Starks was a CBA player. Played for Silver Rapids. Played on this team. Silver Bullets, Cedar Rapids. At about the same time, I think. 88, 89. So this is a pretty cool piece of uh, uh, CBA, NBA history. John Starks, one of the great underdogs. You know what his first NBA team was? I do. The Golden State Warriors. Rogo knows. What was his last NBA team? The Bulls. Was it? Yeah. Can I just read you the all the text on the shirt because yes, i think please. it's nice uh to hear about cedar rapids <laughs> silver bullets yeah. and then it says professional basketball and then it says 1988 iowa screen print there, yeah we're getting the full narration from tally thank you for that <laughs> i hope that's okay i just think just details like are f- that go for the Cedar Rapids. Good question. What do we got? I got a price tag on there. Eight hundred bucks. It might be. I mean, it's definitely there's a premium for the John Starks connection. Yeah. What does the price tag say? Okay, we got the price tag. Might, oh, might, which is a it's great pro- it, tag. It, it might by be the three way. figures. Isaiah Ryder card. Yeah, I put one oh nine on there. Good for you. Isaiah Ryder. Yeah. Slam dunk champ. Slam dunk champ. Did the loop de loop between the legs? Gary knows his hoops, man. They got him off the team so he didn't corrupt a young Kevin Garnett. <laughs> We're getting in-depth analysis from the 95 NBA season here. For How about this one? Now, this is a more recent vintage, but I, t- I posted this on my Instagram recently, and yeah. it was a flutter. The comments were going wild. Download Hillary 2016 from the App Store. Well, that's a fun one. Front to back. Now, I did not know she had her own app. I can't believe she lost, even with her own app. You figure yeah. this would connect with the everyday voter in Wisconsin. Yeah, I can't believe. <laughs> I can't believe you would. Think that someone with an app, it wouldn't go well for them. Yeah, yeah. I tried to download this app. Like me. That was you. That was me. I was making a joke about you. Quite obtuse there, Gary. I I picked up on, I was delayed, delayed pickup there. Yeah. I I checked the app store recently to see if this was still in the app store. Hillary 2016, it's not available. What? I know. 
Uh, but I did find a screenshot, and apparently you could order pizza from Comet Ping Pong on the app. That was part of the part of the offerings there. Hey-yo! Hey-yo! I had to come prepared with something. Um, okay, Killing we're going we're gonna to wrap this up with two two final questions. So this is, you promoted your show on Friday. That's one go, we all go! That's right. <laughs> I have something to promote. Did it- you see me at the Capitol? <laughs> you were there, Gary? If I shouldn't be uh, 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 January 7th. What were you doing, Gary? January 7th. I showed up late. He was the day after. My motorcycle <laughs> broke down. <laughs> if I shouldn't be confessing my sweet greens uh, stealing, you shouldn't be confessing your affiliation with January 6th. I was but... in the podium when that dude dragged it across. <laughs> Gary was, was in, in the it. Podium. He had a little nest in there. Yeah. Gosh, well, you escaped indictment. Nonetheless, you did, Gary. So yeah, we, me and the dude from Mr. Show. Yeah, God. We're both on the run. I got two more tees here, Gary, to wrap this up. And these are special shirts. You got to wrap it up. What do you got somewhere to be? <laughs> yeah, I, think, I thought there was a hard out here. <laughs> We've got more guests. There's more show, Gary. As I go back. Step by step, telling my story of storming the Capitol. Oh, I crash into the thimbles. It's a Mr. Show joke. That's right. That's right. He's bringing it all home. Yeah. Bringing it I all home. I crash into Nancy Pelosi's desk. Oh, my gosh. This, this needs, needs some mustard mayonnaise up in here. What okay. Final, final couple shirts. So now, on April 11th, on an app called Whatnot, I'm going to be going live with Faded Show, which is a very big vintage uh, Instagram page and community Faded yeah. Show. We're going live to sell off a rare collection I came into of 500 movie promo T-shirts from Whoa. the 70s till recently, till, till Glass Onion Knives Out. I've got yeah. about 500 shirts. The oldest one in the lot. Now, these were dropped off by a critic, a retired movie critic who came to my store and said, I got all these shirts. I've been compiling them from junkets over the years. I don't know what to do with them. I said, well, I'll sell them for you. And we'll yeah, split the money. first thing you should do is not be on the take. <laughs> yeah. You're a critic. What are you doing with all this They merch? give them away. This is the swag at all the, at the junkets. He, you know, it accumulates. Most people throw them away probably, but he kept them. He's a hoarder. So this is incredibly rare, the first one. Camp Northstar. Do you remember what Camp Northstar, what camp that, that appeared in, in? It appeared in a movie. It's a fictional yeah. camp. Which movie, Gary? La La Land. Camp North Star was not La La. It was a Paramount picture, 1979. Meatballs. 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 This is a Meatballs promo shirt from 1979. Absolutely. Built in Canada. Yeah. Half the cast has Canadian accents. All those SCTV people. Yeah, Bill Murray. Oh, oh, I don't know if I can. <laughs> I don't know if I can help with the hot dog eating contest. <laughs> Gary, you're a great actor. I know! Why can't I work? It's a matter of time, pal. So from meatballs to to the love guru, we've got even... We've got promo shirts from the love guru, probably also filmed in Canada. Uh, How about this? The tagline on that, coming June 20th. It's got the website, theloveguru.com, which we should also check if that's still active. Wait, what's that say? Coming June 20th? It says, his karma is huge. I guess that was the tagline. Coming June 20th. Going June 21st. <laughs> did anybody on this stage see the love guru? I did. You did? Yeah. What did you think? John Oliver's in it. That's all I was going to say. Yes, that's all I know about it. John Oliver's in John it. We'll Oliver leave it at that. in it. I didn't see it, but I... Timberlake. He's in it. 
Mike Myers, of course. So this is yeah. yeah this Guru is just Pitka. <laughs> Guru Pitka. That was I guess that right. Yeah. A few things stuck with me, even though I didn't see it. I picked up on the cultural references. But anyway, this is just to illustrate the the breadth. The great of... scene in the movie went do elephants get it on in a hockey rink. Real highbrow stuff. Yeah, that, <laughs> that it could be the pinnacle of of the the Mike Myers over right there. Yeah, the elephants going at it. So Amazing. That's, so that's just to show, yeah, we, we got a lot of, there's about 500, I'm not kidding. I mean, I mean the fabulous Baker boys, you got uh, The Abyss, Point Break, Rush Hour, Speed, Speed 2, Blair Witch, Blair Witch 2. I mean, shirts, that all promo so shirts, sick. dead stock. Yeah, I think I use your mic because I don't oh, think. Oh, I'm so, yeah. what about Backdraft? I'm too in it. That's backdraft. so sick. There's Daylight, not Backdraft. Backdraft merch. Ransom. I was going through it today. Spawn, Blade. I don't know if I saw a backdrop, but there's a Notting Hill crew neck. There's inventing oh, the Abbots cable knit sweater. I mean, there's some bizarre stuff in here. Yeah, Nurse like Betty weird, Scrubs. It's like oh, a Rorschach test. Yeah. Anybody grabs one of these things, brings it to the counter, <laughs> yeah. arrest them. <laughs> the On odd couple. Principles. Yeah. We'll sort it out down at the station. Exactly. You clearly <laughs> did something. If you pick up the odd couple two yeah. boxers. Person brings a Notting Hill shirt to the counter. Yeah. Oh, hundred eighty dollars. <laughs> That's a yeah. deal. <laughs> Woo! Hey, can we talk to you? I think a Notting Hill crew neck is incredible. Yeah. Right. There's good stuff. So of its time, really, really honed in. Speaking of its time, we we got we got time for another guest, don't we, Gary? Oh, oh, take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs> You gotta catch a bus. <laughs> Jeez, what I are you doing to me? Thought I was helping you out here. I'm sorry. I did. Yeah. I thought that was a good transition. I thought that was a nice segue. Sorry, Gary. No, it was, but I just gotta keep this dude in line. <laughs> well, thanks I'm for the show. I think he's back on HQ. I'm getting the itch. I'm getting the yeah. itch here. <laughs> Our next guest will be up in a moment. We will be joined by the amazing River Butcher after this break. All right. <laughs> All right. My next guest is an amazingly funny comedian. He will be taping, especially Portland. Very soon we'll talk more about that in a bit. Please welcome to the show. River Butcher! Yay. Oh, hello. Hello, my friends. Hi, Gary. I turned the wrong way. That's not how television works. Um, thanks for having me. Um, <clears throat> I feel like this is, a, this is a safe space. I feel like that, you know? I um, feel like I can share with you all something um, about me. Um, I can't stop watching... Top Gun Maverick. I can't. I can't stop watching it. Um, I've watched it in the theater. I've watched it at home. <laughs> I've even watched that uh, the whole behind the scenes thing um, with the James Corden and all that. But I can't stop. I can't stop watching it. It's not a movie that I thought I even really wanted to see. Honestly, um, you know, it's not my favorite stuff. You know, it's about the military. <laughs> not a huge fan. You know, America. Not in my top five. Not even in my top ten these days. Um, and you know, anything you're thinking about good old Tom Cruise, you know, that was up there on my list too. 
But I found myself last summer, um, you know, during blockbuster season, feeling pretty bad. <laughs> you know, just having a real poo-poo day. You know, one of those when you just have a real poo-poo day. I found myself in a situation where what I ultimately wanted, I just wanted somebody to pick me up. You know, like you ever feel like that, like a little toddler, you just want to get picked up. I also realized that my ideal would be a an adult sized baby Bjorn that someone else can wear me in. That's actually what I would really love. I would just like to be dragged around at like adult height, just with my toes dragging, just experiencing the world on someone else's gate, you know, and then just ooh, watch out. There's a corner, you know, one of those. Um and so because I, I haven't constructed that yet, uh, the suggestion I was given by a friend when I was having that real poo-poo day was uh, to go see a movie, you know, leave my troubles outside of the cinema and uh, go on in and get lost in the world of film. And the only thing worth seeing at the time was <laughs> Top Gun Maverick, which I've been calling Top Gun 2 for a long time. Um, and so I apologize for dead naming Top Gun Maverick. I apologize for that. Um, never felt older. <laughs> when I was calling Top Gun Maverick Top Gun 2. Most people don't even know there was a Top Gun 1. Um, only time I felt older than when I was calling Top Gun Maverick Top Gun 2, when I turned to my partner, my girlfriend, 10 years younger than me, in a moment of vulnerability and reaching forth and connection, I said, hey, uh, do you ever watch uh, porno? <laughs> and she laughed in my face, not unlike you all just did just now, everybody at home. Uh, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Was that like too too forward? I apologize. Was that too much? And she was like, no, nobody calls it porno anymore. I'm sorry. I still call it porno because like the only way I could get it back then when I was growing up was ripped up and in the woods. And that's porno to me. That's not, you know, so I still call it that. Also, you'll notice anybody that calls it porno is over 40. Um, so I went to see Top Gun Maverick again. Was not like... <laughs> In the, I was just like, I'm just going with the flow. I got myself a medium Mountain Dew <laughs> and a popcorn. It was a real flyover theater. It was a real, real Pepsi theater. I felt right at home. Sat down in the theater. I was wearing a mask. And I cried from the beginning of Top Gun Maverick to the end of Top Gun Maverick. Not just the Val Kilmer parts. The entire movie. The whole thing. So, I don't know if you all know this. You all seem pretty hip. But transgender folks like myself, if we want to seek any sort of, you know, medical health care, gender affirming health care, not only do we have to go see a doctor who 10 times out of 10 is a cisgender person. And if you don't know what the word cisgender means, you're it. That's how that works. It's very easy to know. Not only do we have to go do that, we have to go see a therapist. And in my case, she was younger than me. I never spoke to her before and I haven't talked to her since I had to get a permission slip. To go to the doctor as an adult, which is funny because people these days will sometimes be like, hey, you're just part of the patriarchy now. And I'm like, I don't think anybody who's joining up the patriarchy got a permission slip to do so. So I say this, at least for the trans mask folks out there in the world, just put us in a screening of Top Gun Maverick and turn that sucker on and watch us cry our little eyes out. And you'll be like, oh, these are dudes. This, this is a bunch of dudes. They were right. They knew what they were talking about. <laughs> um, I used to be people used to think I was a lesbian I would say I was also so just fully admitting that but there was a time where that was that was my life and there's many things about me then that people thought was super cool you know be like oh this denim look you look super cool man I love this about you 
Your boots, very cool. You got a lot of jackets. You look like you're good with a campfire. You look like maybe you throw axes, have some at home. You're good with a blade, with a two-stroke engine. All those things. Cool about me as a lesbian. Now that people see me as a guy, same things, same people are like, where were you on January 6th? (laughs) Okay, that's enough. (laughs) It fit in, Gary. Movie talk. January 6th talk. Thank you for scooting over. Hello, friends. Hello. That was great. Thank you. Now let me ask you a hard-hitting question. (laughs) Yeah. What's it like being a comic today's climate? And are you upset that you just can't say hate speech without consequence? I would say, I'll take the second part first. Um, I, God, the days of just being able to say hate speech without any consequences, what halcyon days they were. What what just salad days to just throw slurs around willy-nilly and just say after it, comedy, and then, you know, like, hey, I'm just joking, man. I'm just joking. Yeah. It was was just, I was just saying slurs for fun. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Riff, you are a big baseball fan. I am a big baseball fan, Gary. You know that about me. And you were in, you grew up in Ohio. That's right. What team do you root for? <laughs> uh, well, I, I have always been a person that roots for two teams. Many people think that is sacrilege, which I think is ridiculous, because why not just have fun with your life? Yeah. Um, I, I This year, I will be rooting for the Cleveland Guardians and the Los Angeles Dodgers, because I grew up. With Cleveland, and I live in Los Angeles, so I like to live a full life. You have an American League and a National League. That's right. That's right. I did get burned as a child in 1995 rooting for Atlanta and Cleveland, so this is a risk I'm willing to take. (laughs) Yeah. Albert Bell. That's right. Joey Bell. Cork bat. Good dude. (laughs) Great dude. Great dude. Great dude. When he laid out that that second baseman. (laughs) On a a fielder's choice. (laughs) Rocco, who do you root for? I'm a Mets fan. M-E-T-S. Mets, Mets, Mets. Meet the Mets. I'm not sure if they cursed you or you cursed them. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This Edwin Diaz situation, not good. How about you, Tally? It's not for me. Not for you. And that's okay. And that's okay. That's fine. Clowns are your sports. Yeah. <laughs> there should be clown sports though. There's like there's improv sports, you know, sports. Well, yeah. Thing yeah. In Chicago, there's well, improv sports Olympic there. or improv sports. And but I say this actually was an improv Olympic. <laughs> that's right. I think um, competition and art uh, doesn't make any sense, and I want to see it abolished. Yeah, I felt the same way when I saw you on stage at the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> I know you really felt that competition has a place in art when you were on stage at the Oscars. Gary, when you get really worked up, sometimes I, um, I get worried that you're not going to be okay. But I I'm guess fine, I'm fine. <laughs> I just run a little hot. Abolish the Oscars, huh, Gary? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, defund the Oscars. <laughs> As you can see, I'm a Phillies fan. Yeah, mm. I can see that. Cool. That's a Phillies fan with two PHs. Yeah. I once met John Crook. Oh, yeah. At a path mark back in 91. Yeah. 
He had a shopping a squirt? cart. It was filled with more diet sprite than I ever saw. Anyone have? It was weird. It was like a weird amount of diet sprite. Like he had it on that bottom rack on the cart. Yeah. He had two liter bottles down there. I call that the steal away. Yeah, that's the. Oops. Oh, oh, oh I, I forgot it was down there. Oh, did I? Oh, I'm so sorry. I like to put the old salads down there, Scott. Mm-hmm. What? I don't know if that diet sprite was working for John Crook. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I got his, I went up to him and asked for his autograph. He signed a can of Chef Boy RTP Peroni <laughs> for me. It was the only thing I reached for off his shelf. But here's the thing. I didn't have enough money to pay for it. <laughs> so I hid it in the ceiling tile. In the path mark above the door of flame logs <laughs> and i'm literally just remembering this now <laughs> i never went back for it oh, man, i would he's... assume it's not ba- fresh anymore <laughs> he squirreled it away uh, hey. <laughs> now river yes you're taping a special in June? I am, yes. June 4th, Portland. Portland, Maine. Very exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the eastern seaboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Portland, Oregon. Yeah, Portland, Oregon. At Helium Comedy Club. Good club, good club. Nice. Good club, good club. Do you need a name for the special? Yeah, yeah. I would I would absolutely take names. I love to, I love what to chew bubble gum and take names. The United States of Stupidity. Oh, yeah. I like that ah. one. <laughs> Ameridum. How about idiocracy? Getting it off my chest. <laughs> Trick That's warning. a good one, actually. <laughs> I'm, I might take getting it off my chest. That one yeah, has, that's, a, that has exact, a lot of That's very funny. Yeah. Meaning, yeah. yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's a pretty good one. And it could people go see you in Helium and be a part of the special. But don't make yourself a part of the show. That's right. Like, don't be like, if you're on stage, River's on stage going like, hey, did anybody here see Top Gun? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do that. Go, yeah, I did. <laughs> That's not how stand-up works. It's rhetorical. I like when Chris Rock was on stage saying, oh, yeah, everybody's got to have an opinion these days. And they got to have a voice. You're the only one with a microphone in this building. <laughs> That's right. 19,000 of us. One mic. You have it. That's right. Now, River, what are your predictions for the upcoming baseball season? I mean, I got to be honest with you, Gary. I think the Phillies are going to go pretty far. (laughs) I mean, you've got very deep talent. You know, you have the number one pick overall in fantasy drafts at least yeah. trey turner five tool shortstop you know i don't even really know what that means but people say it um you know I'm I, sure Rogo f- knows. five tool i talk about it for 10 minutes. yeah you don't want to get me on the tools <laughs> yeah yeah i just stick to the oh man i love i love hit hitting <laughs> like i love baseball but i don't know what five running means. you know is greg lazinski still playing for the phillies <laughs> The bull. Bull. I told you I had that Greg Luzinski signed. I have a Chase Utley shirt shirt <laughs> signed by Greg Luzinski. What? That's a rare. That's, that's still in the shop. Yeah. Still still hasn't sold since the last time. Really? Still up there in the rafters. Still up there four so months no later. No one's bought the Chase Utley shirt signed <laughs> by Greg Luzinski. 
Yeah, still what available. A still you available. Might want, you might want to get over to the shop right now. <laughs> There's gonna be a line out front. <laughs> oh yeah, Not hey, I'm us. here for that crazy <laughs> sign, Chase Only Jersey. <laughs> Here's my credit card. <laughs> so the Dodgers mm-hmm. and the Guardians. That's right. I really doubt. Either one is going to the World Series. I feel like I'm safe. What would you do? for both. What would you do? What would I do? Oh, I mean, this year, 2023, I would choose the Guardians to root for that for that team yeah. this year. But previous years, my answer was the Dodgers before that. But this was, you know, uh, prior to the uh, name change and all that business. And now I- they have the whole Oscar Gonzalez SpongeBob thing. It's they're fun. Can I ask about the name? Please. What do you think of the Guardians yeah. as a name? I look. There's no name that was going to be good. It's really you know when when a team has a name for so long, it's really hard to find anything that's going to compete with it. However, <laughs> the name was a problem. The logo was a problem, and so I'm glad that they finally changed it. And the upside that I first of all, I think the design of the way the the name looks on the jerseys and stuff is awesome. Yeah, like it looks like a Milwaukee like drill or something like yeah. that. It looks great. And it almost looks, I know this is going to sound so, so silly, but it ends in the same letters. Right. So it looks kind of the same, you know, yeah. like eventually people will just stop thinking about it as much as we do. But it's going to take probably 20 years. Yeah. What, what did they <laughs> used to be called? Uh, a uh, word, uh, a, it's not a, it's not a hardcore slur for native people, but it's, it's a word for uh, indigenous okay. people. Indigenous people. Some people that- don't. Some people do use that word to some people. Yeah, some people people claim it. Yeah, exactly. But the history within the team and all that stuff was like not great. It was not great, and people would wear headdresses and do all this stuff that was like that sucks. Shit, (laughs) really sucks. So it wasn't cool, and it's like you know it. it, And I I understand people are upset. Like I grew up with it. I'm not upset. It's just a baseball team. Ultimately, scrap it. You know, like it's really not that big of a deal. We can all get over it. I grew up with it. I grew up with it. <laughs> you know, not you grew up with rotary phones. That's right. I seem to be crying over them being gone. <laughs> Polio. <laughs> Polio. Well, they're trying to bring it back. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They many people are trying, the same Small people box. for the yeah. most part trying to bring it back. Yeah. What What do you say to a vintage shop owner who might have some of these old? Hmm. items from this team which you know did exist for many years and mm-hmm. there's merch out there from these teams and is that something i should retire or be people i will say this people buy it oh, i know i mean well that's the thing with capitalism no yeah. ethical consumption <laughs> yeah. under capitalism yeah. so if you got it it's for sale yeah. i mean there's there's i've yeah. seen plenty of nazi stuff in like vintage stores yeah. so it's like me too. it's a thing you know i went to a like a flea market out in the desert and i was looking around and this guy had a like a setup and he was like Hitler's girlfriend, Ava Braun, like this photograph. It was like his prized possession. And I, I was like, good on a t-shirt. I am going to another flea market. <laughs> <laughs> it's so insane to just see it out. I know. It's I wild. I have a feeling that Rogowski's going to bring a, a tractor trailer and do like Smokey and the Bandit filled with old, old merch. Can <laughs> <laughs> we drive it back to LA? We'll have a bonfire at the shop. <laughs> With my R. Kelly shirt. I have an R. Kelly shirt, too. It's like, I don't know what to do with oh this thing. Oh, my God. Oh, it would probably go for a lot of money, too, I, I mean, for that but reason. I just... Yeah, but then you're keeping his money. name out exactly. there, and then you're complicit. Exactly. But now you just have it in your house. Now it's just in my closet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's really something. Which is also bad. <laughs> yeah. You 
R. Kelly shirt is trapped in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get it? That's right. <laughs> Remember when that was a thing? Yeah. yeah. When everybody pretended that that was awesome. <laughs> Watching someone suffer a psychic break <laughs> in real right. time. In song form. <laughs> in song form. <laughs> that you can dance to. Yeah. <laughs> I love so, to dance to somebody's mental breakdown, Gary. I don't know about you. No, I do too. <laughs> That's why I'm taking Tally's clown class. <laughs> That's Not the ethos of Cocoon Central Dancing, right? I want to be trained to dance to somebody else's. Now, River. Yes. What can we expect from you in 2023? <laughs> um, well, I you know, some things you can expect from me. I'm taping that special in Portland. Going on the road a little bit ahead of time. Going to Albany, Syracuse, Chicago, Indianapolis, Columbus, Pittsburgh, uh, La Jolla. I'm hitting all the big spots, you know. Damn, La Jolla. River. Yeah, I know. I'm going all over the place. Fort Worth, Texas, my beloved Fort Worth, Texas. Mm. Um, and then also, I'm really trying, really trying, Gary, to hit a home run on my baseball team. Now, is it going to happen during a game? Probably not. Is it going to happen during practice? Ah, uh, you bet it will. <laughs> like that's that's my big goal for twenty twenty three is one over the fence. Amazing. Even just in practice, you're playing baseball. I am playing. Yes, hardball, not softball, uh, not softball, baseball. Sign me up. All right, I'm looking for a team. <laughs> Always. And I too have never hit a home run over a fence in my yeah, life. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> Turns out it's yeah. hard. Yeah. Uh, but I'm really, I'm really trying. I've been playing on this team in various for forms for about ten years. Wow! Hit some wow. line drives to left field. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good about it. I just got to activate my legs. I wasn't even using my legs on those. It's ones, all Gary. the legs. This it's is all huge. It is huge. Yeah, it's huge. I just learned how to hit a baseball in the fall. I'd never mm. done it before, and I, and I learned in a batting cage. Ooh, and I did softball. First, yeah. I did hardball, and then I did softball, but mm-hmm. only for a minute, and then I moved back to hardball. Yeah. Yeah, how how did it feel? Exhilarating. At first, it hurt. It took it took a minute to get used to it, Mm. but I learned a lot, and I'm Mm. really proud of myself for even being able to do it because I used to be really self conscious about Mm. my. uh, I'd get hit in the head all the time. Mm. Sure, just (laughs) all the time. Generally, or in baseball, (laughs) basketball, baseball, anything. They would always. I would always like leave recess crying. There was a problem for Scott too. (laughs) Yeah, hit in the head a lot. Yeah, yeah. Hitting the nose. Yeah. I've got a lot of surface area on this head. <laughs> no. River, you told us what you're playing for. What yeah. we expected 2023. Mm-hmm. How about 2059? 2059. I'm, uh, <laughs> I can't do the math. <laughs> Hoping to <laughs> retire 30, 30 years. Yeah. 36 years. Yeah. 36 years. Thank you. Uh, hope I see Alaska by then. Hey. Hope we still have Alaska. I you hope, know what I mean. I hope we have you. <laughs> um, yeah, hoping to be uh, retired. You know, um, yeah. in a in a sort of climate stable <laughs> area of the country. Yeah. Hope to have a water source. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. Clean in water source. Clean yeah, water absolutely. Source. Um, like that, like that movie, the 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 Jodie Foster movie. Oh, Nell. <laughs> no, not Nell. <laughs> You want, Water you, world? I mean, I wouldn't mind living in the, the woods with my own with language with my contact. sister, mom. Was it contact? Dog? Contact? No. Arrival. Flight plan. No. <laughs> the, fl- the flight. <laughs> Escape no, the room. What is it called? Panic room. It was Matt Damon. Sully. Jody Foster. Taxi driver. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, Why Gary. Hotel New I Hampshire. I don't remember. Taxi with Jimmy Fallon and Queen Latifah. <laughs> 
bringing down the house and Jody with Foster. Queen Latifah and Steve Martin. Yeah. House guest. No. Great move. This is turning to Doug Benson's show. I like That's that movie right. with house guest. That poster with Sinbad sticking his head out of the mailbox. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'd be a good shirt, too. The worst yeah. Photoshop Carl Malone ever. The poster. <laughs> Either the worst Photoshop ever or Sinbad is the most acrobatic person ever <laughs> to fit in a mailbox. It could honestly be either. Yeah. So wait, which Jody Foster? It was a movie where the people were living in a different place where they had money. Oh, Elysium. Elysium. Oh, wow. <laughs> that'll be you, oh. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be me. I want to live up in the sky. Yeah. In a Tesla. Me. Ready Player One. <laughs> That's right. Remember that movie? I do. Gary, you see so many films. I know. I'm a real film buff. Are you an AMC Perks member, Gary? No, I'm a... Someone opened the door to the theater. I ducked in. Yeah. Run in. Yeah. Yeah. Run right in. Sit right down. Yeah. I'm a, hey, is there a lost and found in here? I lost my jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go in and just duck in the theater, member. Nice. I like that. You leave one movie at the, like, you use the bathroom and then you just walk into another theater. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it takes. I guess you don't have to use the bathroom. You could just walk into another theater. Another thing, I just want to give a public service announcement. If you go to the movies, make a mess. It helps keep the staff employed. <laughs> Gary, no. Fire everyone if you don't make a mess. <laughs> yeah, you got to give them something to do. Mustard on the seat. Keep the floor sticky. Floor's got to stay sticky or yeah. they'll fire everyone. Oh, they'll Gary. they a grocery store. <laughs> you just self-serve. <laughs> All right, I'll make a mess. Yeah. Last hey next time I'm there. Thanks for watching the Gary the Squirrel Show. We will be back soon. Four more months. Thank you, Gary. Thanks, Gary. <laughs> Bye, you. <laughs> the best show is produced in partnership with the Forever Dog Podcast Network. The show is hosted by Tom Sharpling and features John Worcester, Michael Lisk, Jason Gore, and Pat Burke. The show is produced and written by Jason Gore, Pat Byrne, Michael Lisk, Brett Davis, John Worcester, and Tom Sharpling. The best show is executive produced by Tom Sharpling, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Co-executive produced by Jason Gore and Pat Byrne, segment producer Michael Lisk. The show is engineered and mastered by Andrew Gleason and Wesley Knapp. Graphic design, video editing, and social media by Brett Davis. Website and technical support by Martine Sellis. And the show is recorded at Forever Dog Studios in Los Angeles. Support The Best Show on Patreon over at patreon.com slash thebestshow. And follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Best Show for Life. That's Best Show number four, Life. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.